Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. So it starts this weekend, the Tube, does it? Dear God in heaven. It's bad enough with the drunks on the streets. Letting them loose down in the in the subway sounds like a nightmare to me. I shall not be partaking. Thank you very much indeed. Ricky Gervais on bringing David Brent back. It's a really good little film, you know. It's a really good film. I went to see it yesterday, all by my lonesome. I had a whole preview cinema all to myself. It was wonderful. Uh, half of blokes under 30 sleep with the lights on. The weather changes for the Beeb. Uh, they've got rid of the Met Office. They've gone for somebody else, but apparently we're going to stuck with the same, the same presenters. Uh, the stupid woman driving on the motorway with a dog on her lap. How dumb do you have to be? Uh, Laura and Jason cycling super couple. Ten gold medals. And uh, the killer dog savaged four other people. It's still alive. Apparently, during the uh, the investigation, they're keeping the dog in kennels. Like, they're going to call it as a witness or something. What's the point of that? It's already killed one man. It's killed one man and savaged four other people, and we're keeping it in kennels for the investigation. What are they going to do? Get a dog whisperer in to go and talk to the blooming thing? Daisy Lowe signs for Strictly. Daisy who? Who? Who's she? Nobody. She's a nobody. She's part of the um, the Primrose Hill set. She's sort of fairly sort of just wanders about. And they go, who is she? And they go, oh, she's a model, apparently. But she could walk naked around Leicester Square and you wouldn't know who she was. Seriously. So they've signed her up. She said she wants to add another, another, what did she say? Another string to her bow or something. I thought, in between what? What, standing there like a clothes horse being draped with clothes and being photographed? All very tedious. Um, one in ten over 65s are still in jobs. And uh, the secret of growing bananas in this country is apparently duvets. I'll explain that to you a little bit later on. So the tube's going to open. I don't think it's all the tube lines, is it? I got the tube yesterday. I'm not a big fan of it. It's like you go down... I went on this enormously long escalator. But I'll tell you one thing I've noticed, and I don't know whether or not it's just me or whether or not I haven't been on it for so many years that it seems it seems different. The tube trains rocket. They shoot out the stations like they're being fired out of a gun. Seriously, unbelievably fast. And they sort of, you know, they, they literally shoot into the next station and then they break like mad. I absolutely, I've never known such speed. Seriously, I thought, I mean, perhaps I'm sort of reminiscing on what it used to be like years and years ago, but I don't do the tube that often. And I certainly shan't be doing it at the weekend. Imagine being stuck down there with a lot of people vomiting over the platform. Ghastly. Really terrible. I feel sorry for the staff. Poor old staff down there. And I bet the tube drivers will be going, I think we're going to start filming everything on a Saturday night. They reckon 100,000 people are going to use it. Couldn't care less. Makes no difference to me. I'd rather be above ground, thank you very much indeed. There's going to be all sorts of problems. I could just see. I could see people lighting up. I could see people taking booze on. I could see all sorts of things. They're going to be testing the police, I should imagine. There's going to be military, uh, not military police, transport police all over the place. It's going to have to be, isn't there, just to, to find out what sort of people are allowed to use it. Bad enough as it is, without sort of encouraging drunks and everything else. I love the little bit that Sky tried to get close to Philip Green's £100 million yacht. Have you seen it? It's a pretty flash little affair for the short, fat man and his uh, really attractive wife. And uh, and this is where the, the cameras went, went round there. And Philip Green had a bit of a tantrum. Bit of a tantrum. He's not coming out. He's not coming out to talk to you. So then they confronted him on land and then he started swearing. Common little so-and-so. And, uh, and then he apologised to them. You know, but he actually threatened to, to, to chuck the camera in the sea. But what's actually funny about it is that these people think they own the water. They think they're in the water. Why don't you go away, you silly little man? This is the person on the boat going, what are you doing here? We're filming, dear. What do you think you're doing? We're filming. OK, recognise a camera, Dumbo. 
Yeah. All they wanted to do was ask him what he did with all the money. I mean, it's not like it's a difficult question, is it? Anyway, he he doesn't want to say anything to you, really. What are you going to do, love? Throw your toys out with the bathwater. They're quite aggressive, these people, aren't they? I don't know why. It's a lovely little yacht, isn't it, for the for the two fat people to wander about on. It's got a crew of 40. 40 people, including, wait for this one, a dog walker. A, there's a dog walker on the boat. Obviously, that's why he's so fat. He can't, uh, he can't walk a dog. I love it, though, the reporter. And I'll brazen out. I like it when they do things like that. I think that's quite good, especially when you're still filming. You know, and you're showing them up for what they are. Lionheart is a hundred million pounds. How can something cost a hundred million pounds? How is that possible? It's huge, isn't it, though? I suppose if you if you just close down a company with a loss of 11,000 jobs, you know, why would you give us stuff? <laughs> You've got a hundred million pound yacht. I quite like it. I quite like it. If you like that sort of thing. Where do they build them? They don't do them in the shed at the bottom of the garden. I mean, we actually have sort of a boatyard in Twickenham, but I don't think they could build something that size. It is vast, isn't it? It is absolutely vast. It's a case of showing off your wealth. Although I wouldn't mind going on it. <laughs> just to say, just to see if it really is flash. What if there are any interior shots? It's still the satellite navigation it's got at the top. We actually saw one in Cannes. When we were in Cannes years ago, I was in Cannes for the festival. Well, I wasn't in for the... The, the festival happened to be taking place while I was there. And we saw a, a yacht. Didn't look as big as that. Do you know what it had on the front of it? A helicopter. It had a helicopter landing pad, and this helicopter was at the front of this. I couldn't believe it. I thought, my God, that's rich. That was the first place we saw a white Rolls Royce, and everything on it was gold-plated. All the bits of chrome that are on my car is chrome. On this one, they were gold-plated. I thought, now that is flash. But, uh, nice boat. Or ship. Perhaps they called it a ship at that size. £100 million. Pounds. But uh, the Australia... Oh, right. Oh, sorry. We've also got to remember that uh, for the Australian producer... Still desperate to prove heterosexuality. We have to sort of watch a little bit of the women's volleyball as well. Which is great. I don't mind watching it, but I don't really understand. Is volleyball the one where they just jump up and sort of throw it over? The women's one on the beach. God, that takes you back, doesn't it? Bit of home. Because they do that probably at home. That's why he wears glasses. He has to sit there. I can't believe it. They're jumping up and down. Everything's jiggling around in here. Because I'm sure he's really watching women's volleyball for the for the artistic merit and the skill involved. Answer, not. No, it comes down to pure lust. Pure lust of sort of watching. They used to do, didn't we do topless volleyball here? or No, lunchbox volleyball. They used to show it on one of the channels. Kelvin McKenzie used to put it on. Oh, look, he likes this. He loves that. That's really good, isn't it? That's really good. Is it necessary they wear bikinis? I mean, I just sort of wonder to myself, you know, could... could oh, God, she's fairly fierce looking, isn't she? Obviously not one of the more attractive ones there playing beach volleyball. Good Lord, it's, it's obviously quite a sort of... Uh, yeah, this is it. It's sort of... A, oh, look, there's obviously a few sort of men watching this. In fact, looking at the audience, it's predominantly men watching it. Uh, yeah, it's funny, actually. For most of the other things, the crowds are empty. Sticks, sticks and birds in bikinis and immediately... The, uh, look at all the men. Oh, I love you, darling. You're really gorgeous, aren't you? I really fancy you. Because they're not watching it for beach volleyball. They're watching in case they fall out of their bras, which I suppose there is every danger. I used to look. We never played that. Um, oh, a bit of hugging. OK, that's OK. And uh, cool, you like that bit, don't you? I tell you, there's a bit of girl on girl action on the beach volleyball. It is funny, isn't it? Because I don't remember this being an Olympic sport. Has it always been an Olympic sport? Or is it sort of something fairly recent? The, the, look at the way they have to stand. They don't need to stand there like that, do they? Their bottom's pushed out. It's unnecessary for the Olympics. It's funny, actually, you never think of the Olympics as being sexy. 
You never think it's, oh, that's, you know, that's... Uh, you just think they're all super-duper athletes. One of the girls has got a huge tattoo on her leg. Very common. And um, since 1996, it's been in the Olympics. I wonder why somebody put it in there. Well, you know, for, for what reason, apart from... I mean, this one here, she's wearing sort of glasses. And then they have a, they're obviously super-fit people, aren't they? Oh, there's Ludwig and Agatha. Ludwig and Agatha are there. And uh, they're... Uh, what do they drink there? I think they drink sort of healthy drinks or something like that. What are they chatting about? So, did you get your nails done yesterday? Yeah, I just got them done just down the road. They're very good. I've got some new acrylics put on. OK, and then when I go home tonight, I'm going to be doing some cooking and things like that. Actually, look at all those different coloured nails she's got. I've just realised. Look at all different coloured nails. Anyway, so, uh, so tempted by the Olympics, not tempted by the fact we got more gold medals. Yes, love it. Yes. Are we going to win? No, of course we're not. It doesn't matter, though, because I think we've done a valiant effort. I think we've been fantastic. Yesterday, uh, as I say, I had to go and see the David Brent movie. And so I go uh, all the way up to Warren Street. And there's this big... I'd already seen what the building looked like because I'd Googled it. And so I knew what it looked like. And I go in there and um, I sit down and give me a glass of water. No, they would have made me a tea if I'd wanted one. And I suddenly realised, because the producer had said to me, he said, he said, the reason that you're watching the film today, which was yesterday, he said, is because I put it in the diary wrong. And so he'd made a mistake. Bless his heart. And uh, he said, so that's why he says so they're putting on a screening for you. So, true to their word, 10 o'clock yesterday morning, I get the entire screening room all by myself and, and I get to watch the film. And I'm not going to tell you anything about it. I'm only going to tell you about it during the interview with Ricky Gervais, which we'll be doing tomorrow. He's going to be so tired at the end of these interviews, but at least it's given him an opportunity to see what the rest of the country is like, because up until now he's mainly been a BBC artiste, so he appears on their on their shows. Uh, so I'm looking forward to talking to him tomorrow, which should be great, because I thought the film was great. I really did think it was great. I, didn't, I wasn't sure. I went in open-minded and uh, completely blank canvas, and was not disappointed. A uh, little bit disappointed that they're, 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 they're trying to flog Katie Price. Not literally. That would be an ISIS thing. And they're, uh, and they're trying to sell this Katie Price pony club. I think all the critics will be saying, what a load of old pony in it. It's sort of Katie Price just droning on in that boring, nasally voice about her, her kids, her friends' kids, little Kieran who dresses up like a pantomime dame, and, uh, and that'll be it. So she's going to appear, I think, on this morning to flog, sorry, to uh, try and encourage you to watch this garbage, this uh, really intelligent programme, because she's not been on reality television for four years. So I don't want to ruin it for you, but she's aged. OK, I think you'll find she's aged quite badly. And then she's had some more Botox and everything else. But again, it's the exploitation of the kids. Now, I don't have a problem with that. That's what somebody wants to do. But don't give me all the claptrap about I'm doing this to set the record straight and do that because nobody's interested. They're really not. You know, I thought it was a downward turn where they put her on Loose Women, where it turned into the, the Katie Price programme, where she just droned on about anything she can. She can't string two words together. We know that because Harvey swears like a navvy. And in fact, I should imagine most of the other kids have probably got a fright turn of phrase, because I should imagine she uses F words and C words all over the place. It must be everyday conversation. Otherwise, where would Harvey see it? Where would Harvey see this or hear it? Well, he wouldn't see, would he? But he would hear it. And then he sort of, used, because he probably thinks it's normal wording. She never told him off. Gives you a rough idea where she's coming from. So in between that and on the front page, it's funny, actually, because her, her kids get more exposure than she does. Front page of OK magazine, there's dreary old Peter Andre. There is actually a gag about Peter Andre in the uh, in the David Brent uh, film, which I won't spoil for you. But um, and so on the front page of OK magazine, there's there's Pete off to Florida because uh, he wants the kids to be really involved with the new baby. 
because that's, you know, because he's, he's old man now and he hopes he's going to live long enough to enjoy it. But uh, so the kids are going to be involved and he was taking them off on a freebie holiday, which, in other words, is just a silly photo shoot for Peter Dreary Andre. I mean, how much more of his bloody life do we need to know about? We've seen everything, and I mean we've seen everything. There wasn't much to write home about, but, you know, at least he sort of makes the effort and I suppose he's sort of struggling like everybody else is nowadays to make some sort of living. 84850, steve at the lbc.co.uk. Steve at the lbc. Steve at lbc.co.uk. I'll try and get the, uh, the time checks right on the programme, but to be honest with you, it's Thursday and I really couldn't care less. I'm not bothered about giving you time checks because I think time is immaterial. They do reveal quite a lot, don't they? I've noticed, actually, to be a good beach volleyball player, and and the Australian producers probably noticed this as well, it's not an advantage to be big-busted, is it? It's obviously an advantage to be fairly flat-chested because otherwise it could be quite dangerous because it isn't like you're sort of running. Oh, they're sitting down again. Uh, It isn't like you're sort of running around. You're jumping up and down, and that can be, you know, you could probably get all sorts of things. Oh, wait a minute, what's she got there? Is that a nice lolly she's got? What's she eating there? No, it's... It's a protein. Oh, no. Oh. oh, it's lovely. I love the way they're sort of chatting. So where did you get your bra from? Oh, I got it from down the road. Did you, did you buy British homes? I loved it. They do some really nice passions. Larissa and Ludwig and, uh, and Walsh and Agatha will be playing together. So Walsh and Agatha. Because Walsh is such a female name, isn't it, really? You know, here is Jenny and here is Penny. And this is Walsh. And that's as good as it gets. But it's very pretty. And, uh, and it's a gold medal match. So uh, let's big up the uh, the beach volleyball. Do men do it as well? Do we have it for men or do we just have the uh, the women? Presumably men will be doing it at some point. Loads of people on court, isn't there? Is he not tuning in for the men? You like the diving, though, didn't you? You like that diving, you told me. You said you liked that. Didn't you like the diving? Am I speaking another... I mean, have you mastered English or what? I mean, I just did, didn't you like the diving? Yeah, you, you like diving. Why did you like the diving? I don't know why you like the diving. There must be some hidden reason, some agenda probably you've got. I don't know. Do you not appreciate... It's like, honestly, I had more conversation with our guinea pig. Seriously. Pole vaulting was funny, yeah. Why, why, why was that funny? The Japanese guy knocked the pole over with... With what? Don't give half a story. Give the whole story. I don't know what I think you mean. I've got no idea. It's like dragging blood out of a stone, isn't it, really? OK, can you get the story up for me? Oh, right. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, part of his appendage. His Olympic dream crushed by his own willy. Good Lord. Apparently, according to the papers today, was it Sharon Osbourne saying that Mick, Mick Jagger's willy is all wrinkly? He's over 70. What do you expect? Goodness sake, honestly. The things people discuss nowadays on radio. I remember Claire Rayner saying to me she was horrified that people were talking about wings on television, you know, for ladies, ladies, ladies' things. She was horrified. She said, in my day, you wouldn't have advertised things like that. I said, well, to be honest with you, I mean, nowadays you get couples who actually, I was tempted to call it make love, but I think it's easier to say it's a one-night stand on television, and then they go on to be immensely famous. And I can't wait to talk to Ricky Gervais about that, because I know he's got thoughts on it. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Women's volleyball is still on. It's uh, 4.20. No, it obviously goes on longer than five minutes or something. Not be taking much notice, have you, really? You like it, though, don't you? I just don't see... I mean, there's a lot of... The net is way too high for getting the ball over. They should bring it down and do it with shuttlecocks. It's a lot easier and have sort of... Have I ever played what? Shuttlecock? Do I look like I've ever played beach volleyball? Are you ma- you've played it, have you? Yeah. With with a feather, maybe, or something like that. Can't see you doing beach volleyball. You don't exactly look like the active person. 
You're straight. No, yeah, it might be a cultural right, but I should imagine you're the one standing there with a the mivy, licking the ice cream. If, yeah, you are the net. <laughs> what they do is they blow dry his hair up, and all of a sudden, net. Must look quite good, doesn't it? Really? Then leave it alone. Don't play with it. I used to have hair like yours. Well, in fact, it probably was yours. And uh, I used to love it in the summer when you used to take the roof of the car down. It wasn't it wasn't a hatchback or anything like that, or a soft top. We just used to take the roof of the car down. And, and by the time you got to the studio, your hair was all over the place. But I quite liked the look. It was the tousled look. I quite fancied the tousled look. So anyway, so uh, Germany are in front. And there's loads of uh, Germans cheering them on. They just all look so slim, these people, don't they? When you look at people, and uh, Ludwig and Agatha in particular, uh, Ludwig is... Uh, Wolkenhorst and Ag... Oh, no, it must be somebody else's name, isn't it? That's... It's the two surnames. It's the two surnames, you sure? Well, the other one was Agatha Barbara or something. How can that be? Oh, right. OK. Whatever it is, it's blooming boring, I've decided. I don't like that side of it. This looks like the men doing it, doesn't it? Oh, this is something similar. Oh, the Australian's fed up now. Oh, dear, honestly. Very, very low boredom threshold, haven't you? You've got, really got... No, I'm bored with you now as well. So uh, there you go. There's not a lot you can say, is there? A lot of hugging in that team there. Must be Brazilian. And um, they do a lot of male bonding. And yeah, yeah, all this kind of stuff, which is great. I don't even know what, what game it is they're playing. Is it is this softball or something? Volleyball, but not on the beach. So you can get beach volleyball. I suppose in theory you could have sort of, you know, volcano volleyball, couldn't you, really? That would be made it marginally more entertaining. Why do they, all the teams have to shake each other's hands? They don't like each other. We did a programme on yesterday on, on friends, and these aren't friends. Oh, we're back to the uh, back, back to the Germans playing. Very, very, uh, very austere when they're playing. I quite like... Do you think that's all been moved in, all that sand? Do you think it's been... They're not actually playing on a beach, are they? They're not... It is at Copacabana Beach. How amazing. I love sand. I love sand. There's something about it. When you're a kid, you just sort of, you can pick up handfuls of sand. Anyway, so, uh, what else? Oh, dear, so many different things in the, in the papers today, including uh, Fury, a sour grapes, losers from France, Germany and Oz. Swipe at our all-conquering cycling heroes. GB's Hall so far, 19 gold, 19 silver, 12 bronze. So good for us. Good for us. We've done very, very well indeed. Uh, also, um, dogs love chum. That's not pedigree chum. This is dogs who don't want treats. They just want affection. That's what they want. They want affection from people. And some people don't give their dogs affection. And uh, if you want to um, be fit, run. Fat boy, run. Primary kids to do 30 minutes PE a day. Did I read somewhere that ITV said that they were going to... Switch off for an hour a day so that we can do exercise. And I remember thinking, that's a brilliant idea, but it'll never work. People will just sort of go and tune to another another channel. Apparently, uh, Agnes is quite flat on top. No fallen Madonna with the big boobies here. No, I know. I don't think it's an advantage. I don't. You, you don't see many big busted women taking part in, in athletics. I should imagine it could be quite dangerous. So uh, that's good. Uh, Mark in Wakefield, in Wakefield, Wakefield. He says the ship that's mentioned is called a super yacht. Oh, right. A super yacht. Well, whatever it is, it's 100 million quid. I hope it's got carpeting. It looks quite nice, though. But all these people do is just pull into places where they can show off. That's all, that's all they're, they're doing it for. It's very addictive, the showing off thing. Uh, apparently, uh, probably made in Germany, that ship. Peter Andre has bought Tom Cruise's old mansion. Yep. And... Uh, 
about five five million he paid for it. A bit embarrassing, really. Old Pete and the wife. He's he swanned off on holiday because it was a freebie holiday and fits in with his really busy life. And um, and she's here doing I don't know what she does, doctoring or something like that. And then Jodie Marsh. The attention-seeking Jodie Marsh has got rid of her uh, her ex-old man, and now she said she just wants children. It's a bit sad, really, when you look at Jodie Marsh. She said apparently she's got a very busy career. Doing what? I've got no idea, but uh, she thinks it's quite a busy career. Kerry Katona, as we predicted, uh, back with um, back with George. That's the one who we nearly got sectioned, who's been questioned by the police about various things, and, of course, she can't live without him. So that'll be the next story you're reading, because in Kerry Coctona's life, you have to find something to sell. So you either get yourself up the duff, in which case you sell the baby story, then the baby pictures, and then the first thing and all the rest of it, and she tries to find some showbiz friends, of which they're a bit thin on the ground, and uh, or you kick somebody out and then you sell the story about how you've never been so blissfully happy being single and you don't mind being single for the rest of your life, which means you're lying through your teeth. And in Kerry Coke, Tona's case, every single word she utters is a blatant lie. So this time round, uh, George is back with her. I bet you anything, by next week, there's a, an OK spread on how she's very happy to be back with him. That'll be until the next time. That'll be until the next time. You know, then we have to go through it. It's a bit sad, really, isn't it? She gets older and uglier by the year. All of a sudden, we're sort of running out of stuff. There's a lot of people watching beach volleyball. I've never seen such a huge crowd. Oh, look, they did a Mexican wave. So dated. So dated. You know, we could do one in the studio. It just doesn't look as exciting with three, does it, really? Your turn. Come on. Come on. Oh, God, you're Mr. Misery, aren't you? I bet you must be a wow at kids' parties. The entertainment's here. What does he do? Nothing. He just stands there and stares at kids. Just imagine. Just imagine. But this is the biggest crowd at the Olympics, apart from the velodrome. Which is quite... I like the velodrome. Nice bit of wood, I always think. But people... people oh, she... I'm oh, sorry. And, uh, yeah, it's OK, isn't it? <laughs> I'm bored already with this thing. I really am. Uh, Karen Danjuk is seen with nasty cuts to her arms and chest after claims of a boozy bust-up. They're both attention-seeking. Uh, to be honest with you, I couldn't really give a stuff what happens to them. I'm not remotely interested. Apparently it was a glass smash fury. She's very lucky. When she did it the other day, knowing the photographer was there, she was covered up. Now, of course, she's got it all on display because uh, she'll no doubt be selling her story to a newspaper, even though she didn't uh, want to press charges against him. And that's where you lose uh, you lose all, all hope, really. You don't really care. Uh, 22% more to insure your car. Worst-hit drivers in their 30s, whose bills average £530. Uh, this time last year, 486 Kingston-upon-Thames has gone up as well. It's interesting. Admiral says it won... 217,000 UK cast customers, despite price rises. They say the Cardiff Group saw record pre-tax profits. You know where their call centre is, though, don't you? I told you this before. Nova Scotia, in Canada. That's where Admiral's call centre is. Nova Scotia. you believe it? I know. Ooh, we're a British company. Right. Why's the call centre in Nova Scotia? Cheaper, actually. They work a lot cheaper out there. And for the time difference, it's much, uh, much better. So that's why they do it over there. Uh, weather changes for the Beeb. And uh, and this is uh, a Dutch firm who've been contracted to supply BBC weather forecasts. Uh, Meteo Group was yesterday announced as the firm taking over from the Met Office. Nigel Charters, what if that's the Nigel Charters used to run LBC? I suspect it probably could be. And he says, we have taken steps. So the vast majority of our well-known and much-loved presenters will continue to front BBC weather. Uh, it's not yet revealed who will be part of the acts. I mean, to be honest with you, couldn't we just have a complete new set of them? If it's a new sort of company. 
Yeah, exactly. Much loved. Much loved weather presenters. That was like the, the other day when I was reading the story about Jodie Marsh. She said, my fans know the truth. Your fans, dear. Who on earth do you think is following you apart from people in medically secure units? There's nobody who's interested in you at all. Why on earth are people interested in your dreary life? And now fans of the, of the weather people. I mean, I'm not sure about that yet. Are, are well-known and much-loved presenters. They read autocue. They read autocue. Most of them that you see on BBC Local Radio don't have the faintest idea about weather at all. They just read it. You get it on a teleprinter. Like, I'll, I'll be reading the weather later on this morning. Paul Smith will post the weather, and I will read it. I'm not, I'm not a, a meteorological person. I just read what's, what's there. And a lot of the ones on the tent, they don't know anything about it. They're more interested in furthering their own career. They start as a weather person, and the next thing is they give them a quiz show or something like that, and we all go, God, blimey, they were boring before. They're even worse now. I've got the weather already, actually, from Paul Smith. He was very early. He posted it five minutes ago, so I'll tell you about the weather. But I'm not, medi- not medically qualified to bring it to you. I'm, just, uh, I'm just, a ra- just a radio presenter. I just read. The same as they do on the television. Much-loved presenters. Much-overhyped presenters. They just stand there and go, today, waving in front of a blue screen, it's going to be cold winds moving in from the Trossachs. And uh, that'll come all the way down the country. And here on the east coast, as they point, you know, generally in the, in the direction of Grimsby, they say it's going to be fairly strong winds coming off the North Sea. And what? What is the... Are you practising hypnotism or something? Because every time you start staring at me, I start feel like I'm going under. I'm sitting it. You're not shadowing at all. You couldn't shadow if your life depended on it. It's sort of... I'm sitting here, and he stares at me. It's almost just like... And back in the room. It's like that, isn't it? Because, I, because sometimes I've started this programme, and before I know where I am, it's five o'clock, and I can't remember any of the programme at all, because he stares at you. And you know sometimes you get those things on, you go... And it's a bit like that. He's doing it again. He's got freaky stare. Freaky stare. I'm going to warn that poor girl working on that other radio station. I think she needs, she needs warning about you. Very scary. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Nick Ferrari at breakfast every weekday morning from 7, only on LBC. Nick and the team at 7. Britain's 18-year-olds get their A-level results this morning. Oh, God. We've been through this over the years at LBC and you always get people phoning up and then on the television they'll be going out to various places where they'll be opening lots of pictures of attractive people going, yeah, three A's and the unattractive ones in the corner, nothing at all. Actually, there is one on the, in the newspapers today. We'll tell you about him in a, in a moment. So uh, A-level results, you're probably all up now, aren't you, going, oh, God. Do you have to go to the school and then you look on the board and it tells, oh, imagine, you get in an envelope. All right. But, but there will be people, won't they? We'll probably be sending Charlotte down to somewhere to get some... And some will be sitting... I don't want to talk to you. Why? I want really bad results. Because this determines, I suppose, whether you go on to uh, further education, you go on to college, university and stuff like that. Oh, right. <gasps> I feel so sorry for you. I feel so sorry for you, yet delighted for me at the same time, because I don't have to do things like that. I couldn't do it. I mean, I'm very envious of anybody who goes in there and gets A's and B's, and, you know, I'd be down there with the D's and the E's. Because that's, I just, I can't apply myself. I don't know how to do those sort of things at all. But uh, what happens to those people who don't get the grades they're aiming for? Well, you just burst into tears. It's your own fault. You should have studied harder. Because otherwise, you're all learning exactly the same thing. Now, I'm sorry to be so harsh about it, but if somebody's going to get an A and somebody gets a D, quite clearly the person doing D wasn't studying as hard as the person who got the A. 
In which case, it's your own blooming fault, isn't it? No point in sort of losing in this. You know, they go, oh, I only got a D or an E. And you go, well, this person did exactly the same course as you and they managed to get two A's and a B. So it's your fault, isn't it? Another four days left of the Olympics in Rio. Nick will be asking how the Games have brought your family and your community together. Don't think they have, have they? I mean, have they brought your family together? I don't think so. I don't think there's anybody... You got, really? Oh, right. I don't think there's anybody in our family who's, uh, who's remotely athletic. I've got a cousin, John, who's uh, he's a long-distance runner. But, I mean, he's been doing that for, for donkey's years. Uh, Chris Bright, the Labour MP for the Ronda. Oh, lovely. I say the Ronda on the programme this morning. We'll be in the studio with Nick to take a look through the papers. And uh, that's all after the morning news with Emma Crosby in for Lisa Aziz all this week. Uh, so, 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 so. Um, I did use the train the other day. I did use the underground. Bloody hell, it's hot down there. God, it's seriously hot. I get on the train and uh, tourists leaving rubbish on the train. The train I was on, I think I was on the Victoria Line. They're very nice, clean carriages. And there was one family who were ripping up bits of paper from a metro. And they just screwed it up and left it on the shelf behind. There was another one who had some cans of drink. and just left them on the shelf behind. Take your rubbish with you, you filth. It's disgusting. Somebody else doesn't have to clear up your rubbish. Because once people see it there, other people add to it. So, you know, there should be bins on the, on the platforms. I realise, for security reasons, you can't do things like that. But uh, just put bins there, just for the sake of tourists coming in, who obviously, you know, you feel like, you know, picking up the rubbish, following them around and throwing it in their hotel room, seeing how they like it. Uh, I have a huge lunch today, says Padita, with some difficult people, and I don't want to talk about my career. What's the safe, to, safe territory? Cancel. Cancel. Don't, don't go at all. I mean, if, if they're official or difficult people, you don't want to go for lunch. Why would you want to go for lunch with difficult people? I would cancel those sort of lunches immediately. I mean, I'm going for cocktails tomorrow evening, but I mean, I have to have three before I warm to the people I'm with. But uh, that'll be OK. That'll get me through the rest of the evening. But uh, normally I wouldn't be mixing with these people at all. It really wouldn't be my kind of thing. But uh, no, I mean, if, if, if they're difficult people, just cancel. Say, I'm terribly sorry. What's the matter? Oh, there we go. Honestly, if it's not... You've got a complaint. What's the complaint about? I did troons. Slagging off. I'm not slagging off with them, but I'm saying they're totally pointless. Well, they don't. They read autocue. A lot of your people are weather forecasters. So they're just people who look out the window and go, oh, it's going to be wet today. They're not hardworking. They just, somebody does it. It's not difficult. Who cares about analysing charts? Don't give me this balderdash. You look out the window, you go, today it's going to be wet. Today it's going to be sunny. That's all we need to know. Yeah, none of them can actually... Would you like to make a prediction, weatherman? Oh, yes, we're going to have a heat wave. Are we really? You yourself only said the other day that never came to fruition. So it is... Don't shout, don't shout, because you're Scottish. We can still hear you, even if you are up in the Trossachs. And... uh, Or is it down in the Trossachs? Anyway, whatever it is, it's up in the Trossachs. Even though we sort of bigged up Troon the other day, we were trying to big up Troon, because it's... uh, what, What was the word again? Bro... As in bro, bricked, moonlit, nicked. Yeah. I couldn't remember where that came from. It's a bro, bricked, moonlit, nicked. Which was, it's, it's going to be it's gonna be a nice evening. Makes it easy to say a nice evening. But no, I'm sorry, I cannot defend weathermen. If I was on Room 101, I'd be taking weathermen and women and dropping them in there and staying there because they don't do anything. They just, sta- they don't, don't shout, do not raise your voice, do not jump up and down and become agitated. You know, there's no point... No point at your age, because you don't want to go to hospital, do you? Having had a suspected heart attack. Just because we've... <laughs> yes, it does sound quite threatening, actually. <laughs> I don't want him to get upset about weather people. I have to call them weather people, because you're not allowed to say weather man anymore. Or weather girl. Yeah, they're, they're weather people. 
But they're not. They're just... They're, well, they're not. That's the trouble. They're not meteorologists. No, they're not. They're not. They've done a correspondence course, which they bought at Argos. And, and they probably got... A, don't shout. Do not shout at me. They probably got in the garden probably a Stevenson screen, like we used to have. Yes. They're very sad people. Very sad people. They need to get a life. I'm sorry. There's, they spent three years, ladies and gentlemen, studying meteorology. What a waste of an existence. What a waste of it. Thank God the Met Office has been dropped. The old lot of them should be dropped. We should bring in Dutch companies where they go, today, rain. And then when people write in the next day and go, and it didn't, they say, well, what do you want? Accuracy? What's the point? Nobody cares whether it's going to rain or be sunny or dry or windy. It really doesn't. But who cares? I don't. But why? Why does it matter if it's going to be windy and sunny? Why would that matter to me? The only person who's going to be particularly bothered is in Doggerbank, Finisterre, fishermen going out, you know, going, oh, I wonder what the weather's going to be like today as we all sit there. You know, fishermen worrying about that. That's fine for them, but they get the shipping forecast. But, you know, and then they go, oh, it might rain in the North Sea. Imagine. Well, let's all bob out on a lilo to the North Sea, shall we, and go and see whether it rains. We just sit there under an umbrella. It's ridiculous. Nobody needs to know about the weather. We spend far too much time worrying in this country about the weather. And... Well, I, I, I used to, they used to say, I mean, some of these meteorologists, or I prefer to call them drunks, they, uh, they actually go back and they say, on this day in 1833, it was wet. Who cares? Who cares? Yes, my auntie Enid died just about that time. Perhaps it was the weather. You know, they've said we can have thunderstorms and lightning. Ooh, scary, scary. Perhaps I should take over Nazanin Gaffer's job. Well, I mean, listen... Anybody can do it. It's not difficult. You just have to go. It's sunny. It's bright. And it generally comes off a teleprinter. It's no good shaking your head like that. What do they do? They sit at Skydo there and go, oh, let's get our let's get our acorns out. Throw them on the desk. Oh, it's going to be wet today. They analyse it. Who cares, though? Tell me who cares. Who cares? Why do you need to know what the weather is going to be? Listen, you walk out this building. You don't have an umbrella with you. You could put put your collar, and all of a sudden, the heavens open and you get wet. The colour runs out of your hair. Who cares? Nobody cares. You know, they don't care. We make far too much issue about the weather in this country. It doesn't matter. There are better things, far more important things. I mean, this is just quite, you know, I just think you're making a mountain out of a tiddly little molehill. Or as we prefer to call it, Mick Jagger's Willie. Something very, very small and wrinkly. So it's not really that important. The weather in the state of things is not important. And if you shout at me one more time, I'm going to call the weather police. And I'm going to get them to come round and drag you away and leave you chained to the ground when a storm is in full progress. Because we don't care. We don't... Why do you need to know in the severe weather? What are you going to do? Batten down your hatches? This is the man, ladies and gentlemen, who cannot sleep because it's... Oh, he, he happens to be in a house on the flight path to one of the busiest airports in the world. And he can't sleep because it's very upset. And you think to yourself, well, if you move... If you hit me, I shall tell my mother. <laughs> if, you, if, if, you, if you choose to live in Twickenham under the flight path, you're going I to hear never, planes. I never chose to live there. My other half chose to live there and I followed. Well, but this is what I'm rid. saying about the weather. Get rid. <laughs> this is a weather situation. So basically every time the wind switched to an easterly direction. I am really worked up. Every time the wind switched to an easterly direction we get we get planes taking off over Twickenham. Imagine. So you get the super jumbo Emirates A three eighty to Dubai. Yeah. There's one every 
what, half an hour? Yeah. So I'm trying to sleep to come in on a night shift. Have you heard of drugs? Yes, I have, well, actually. Take, <laughs> take some drugs. But this is when he we need won't, to... because there's a reason. <laughs> the weather is important. It's not. It is. Why do you think we had it on to then have news bulletins on TV and radio? Because you're filling for time. No, rubbish. It's filling for time. You go, look, that was the news, true. and now an extra minute no, on the weather. Everyone wants to know yeah. what the weather's going to be like. It's like the Your travel. granny Betty needs to know when she's going to hang very out. very angry about this. Yeah. Very, I you, am. You're... Yes. And then, and then travel. We don't need travel either. Well, we do need travel. Why? Because you go, oh, there's bad traffic in London. No kidding! Like, every day there's bad travel. I mean, the only time is on a Sunday morning when I drive in when it's reasonably empty. The rest of the time it's busy. I know it's going to take me about an hour and 20 minutes to get home in the daytime. So, are calm you... Da- calm down. Think, <laughs> think you... happy thoughts. Think no. bath water and so basically, fluffy ducks. What you're saying is you wouldn't bother if there were no weather on TV, there was no weather no. on radio, no. no weather in the paper, no. and you walked out... Got struck with lightning, or well, if I get struck by lightning, <laughs> I get struck by lightning. I can't do anything about it. If I'd known about the weather, I still would have walked out the building. No, I, I think um, you need to look into what what goes into the weather and the meteorology. Do I look that sad? Do I it's look as not sad? sad it's very interesting. Oh, now here is the chart for eighteen seventeen. <laughs> it was wet on Thursday. Who cares? No, it's really important. It's like in London. It snowed at Christmas. No kidding. Unbelievable. Who it's not cares? a fact of just looking. It's in. Oh, there's some yeah, blue. But I there's don't need rain. it. I personally don't need the weather. I don't. Well, need you don't. Travel. But other people do. Well, then let them go somewhere else and listen to it. Go and go and work Weather Channel. Go and work for a Weather Channel. I used to do a weather programme on the television <laughs> called Weather Permitting. If you can find copies of that one, you're a cleverer person than I am. I did also... I did. We just concentrated on the weather. Martin Stanford, so, we, we talked about weather. So but you, I was young and naive. I didn't know. I didn't know that we didn't need to know about the yeah, weather. Yeah, you do. I would rather have done a programme on plasticine. There's a lot... <laughs> <laughs> Far more entertaining. I used to make fruit bowls in plasticine. You used to roll it out, make it all thin, and then little fruit bowl and put little oranges in there. I used to make little burgers, like, you know... Um... I think that's fairly obvious, <laughs> isn't it? Why I did fruit. Well, yesterday you were talking about models. Any man size 32 waist? Yeah. Well, that's... Yeah, yeah. Right. What I, sh- I should have put put the rider on there. Anybody with a 32-inch waist who isn't Scottish. OK, <laughs> that would have been easier for you to work out. Away with you. Away and with a kilt? You. Not arg- and a kilt? No. <laughs> have a kilt. I do. Oh right. Do I... you have a family tartan? No, I don't. Unfortunately, no. not would that it lucky. be? Would it be McDonald's <laughs> <laughs> or Buchanan? Buchanan. Yours is McDonald, is it? Yeah, the really? Americans yeah. come over, and the Americans get their uh, things done, don't they? They go there and they sort of invent some tartan for them. They go back and go, okay, the new. They're fascinated. They are fascinated. Yes. I was. Um... I was in Miami in June, and uh, the American guy who. <clears throat> Showed us to the beach and put our tills out. And you can't you know, find the beach now either. Good, <laughs> God, it gets worse in your life, doesn't it? He says, um, I don't know if I can tell you this actually. You probably can't. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you hesitate about telling me, you can't He's, tell me. Oh, do you guys wear skirts? Sorry, my bad American accent. Uh, <laughs> a Scottish person doing an American accent, ladies and gentlemen. Like, I rest my case. We said, well, we have kilts. And um, do you wear pants underneath? Oh. Or Whatever it was, he called them. Yeah, they're they probably called no. jockeys or something. Yeah, briefs or no, something like that. You don't. They don't. No. 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 Oh, true Scotsman. No. No. Well, why bother? It's the best way. Yeah. 
apparently. Especially when you're at weddings and stuff. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. We've got other things on the programme coming up, like a time check. And, uh, oh, by the way, it's snowing outside. I'll tell you that now, just in case you're not prepared for it. And the traffic's terrible <laughs> in Leicester been lovely. Square. Sunny spells today. Highs of 23 degrees. Who cares? 27 possible Who in London. Who cares? Some rain in the southwest. Yeah. Tomorrow, heavy rain, thunderstorms. Right. And Saturday, it's going to be like autumn. Winds of 60 miles. Fantastic. Bring it on, ladies and gentlemen. Hold on to your hats. Hang on to your hair. <laughs> that was Paul Smith. He's Scottish, you know. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. So I think we finally put that one to bed. I think we finally sorted out that nobody's interested in the weather, nobody's remotely interested in meteorologists, and nobody cares about the travel either. But we will bring it to you, all of that, on the programme this morning. Why? Because we just do. We just do. But in, in my world, it doesn't, um, it, doesn't, it doesn't kind of compute very well. I don't know why. Uh, Steve, there won't be any meteors today. That's a, see, that, that I find fascinating, but I'm not, I'm not interested in anything else. I'm really not. It's very odd. I'm a motorcycle courier, says Michael. I had to know whether it's going to rain or not for the clothes I have to wear. Any doubt, and it's waterproofs for me. Trouble is, they'll usually be wrong. Crystal ball from the pound shops, obviously. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they go, right, it's going to rain today. And so you're going to put the stuff on. Or failing that, you know, give up being a motorcycle courier and just be a courier. And that way it doesn't really matter, does it? It really doesn't matter whether or not you're going to be... Uh, sort of wet or dry. I know people worry about this kind of thing, and I'm sure you can probably you can all think of reasons why we should be having uh, weather forecasting and travel and everything else. Uh, Steve says, Eddie, your lovely assistant is very posh Scottish. Which part is he from? Oh, I don't know. All of it, I suppose. I don't know. I've never actually asked. Perhaps we'll have to ask tomorrow, actually. Uh, Steve, the only date we should be concerned about weather-wise is July the 15th, which is St Swithin's Day. And don't they say if it rains on St Swithin's Day, it's going to rain for 40 days and 40 nights or something like that? Something about St Swithin's. And um, another one. Carla says, you're a newsreader, uh, producer. You may have some sort of soap opera going on there. Oh, Lord, you think so? Girl, blimey. Yes, we have to write the Australian into it, into a soap opera. But there again, most Australians' lives is a soap, isn't it? They all. I mean, we did. Uh, we did say some years ago. One of my contributors, Susan, we did think that we quite like to go and live in Summer Bay, because the whole life revolves around this cafe. And if there's one thing I quite fancy, it's uh, it's having a beachfront cafe where you can do ice creams and you can get cups of tea. And little packets of biscuits. I'd be quite happy with something like that. Nothing too complicated. You don't want to start cooking, do you, and doing chips. Because once you go down that route, then it's sausage and chips and then pie and chips and then there's plates to wash up. So I think just basically ice cream, we call it the ice cream parlour. They did a feature in Country Life about uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And it was beach cafes, but inaccessible. Well, nearly inaccessible, otherwise they'd have no customers. And they're, they're in hidden places. You know, walk three miles in this direction, two miles in that direction, then 50 feet over to the left-hand side. And there it is, nestling in a little bay, um, like a little community down there of of this, this cafe. And they do all sorts of fish. They do crab sandwiches. They do lobster. And it's a bring-your-own-wine thing. So if you actually manage to trek there and get there in one piece, you can do it. And I always thought that would be nice, just to do, you know, a cup of tea or... Um, actually, the trouble is, once you do things like that, I've suddenly realised the list goes on, doesn't it? 
The list goes on because not only do you end up doing cups of tea, but then they're going to want biscuits. Then they won't want these sort of biscuits if you've got those sort of biscuits. Then there's somebody who doesn't do tea, so can I have coffee? Then there's somebody going, have you got any decaf coffee? So already you're doing decaf coffee. Then the kids are going, can we have uh, fizzy drinks? Yes, you've got to get orange. Then you've got to get sort of exotic things like mango and passion fruit or something like that. Then you're going to have to have bottles of water. You know, because people are going to want bottles of water. And then they're going to say, have you got any ice? So then you're going to have to provide glasses. And before you know where you are, you're, you're kind of, you know, the ice cream pails. So perhaps we should just do an ice cream parlour. But we don't do milkshakes because they take time, don't they, to do milkshakes. So we just do ice cream, vanilla. And that's it. Not doing anything else apart from vanilla. Well, what flavours ice cream have you got? Vanilla. The fra- the. Yeah, no, not even a lemon sorbet, no. In fact, I think just vanilla, and you go, we've got vanilla, that's vanilla, and uh, this one is vanilla, and, and you go through the whole the whole thing. You know, them being all the same colour would indicate they're all vanilla. Oh, so do you have any other flavours? Um, we've got vanilla. Try it like that, see how long they last, these people. I suspect not very long. Because that way it takes away all the meaning, doesn't it? Of it? You don't need to, it's just, and also, I, I don't know if I, I can't work out if I want the squirty ice cream which comes out the machine which I've always fancied doing uh, and then people want oysters and then they want things bubble gum in and all the rest of it so it's got to be kept fairly simple in fact actually I've just thrown the idea out because it's rubbish you're never going to ha- keep something that easy are you just a nice cup of tea that's all we want a cup of tea and a packet of biscuits a packet of bourbons or some rich tea biscuits and I could be very very happy with that I think for the remainder of my days, however many days I've got. And uh, CJ says, for those listeners who don't want a reliable weather forecast, can you tell them not to get the Daily Express? Or who do want a reliable weather forecast, don't get the Daily Express. But does it matter? We spend far too much time talking about the weather. We spend a fortune, and the BBC have obviously decided they're spending uh, too much money doing it. So they're cutting it down. But they're going to keep... You see, it isn't actually... It isn't actually the, the getting of the forecast. It's how much they pay weather forecasters. I bet you anything on the BBC, forty, fifty, sixty thousand pounds will be average salaries. I bet you. I wonder how much the woman on breakfast is getting. Perhaps we should write an R. She's a BBC employee. Unless she's employed by the Met Office. But they're going to move some of them over. It'll be interesting to see whether or not you can actually, uh, you know, get them cheaper now. Because now they've gone to another company. It's either that or they can go somewhere else. And there aren't that many places where, where weather forecasters can go. Apart from BBC Local Radio. They can go there, can't they, and get a job. And so here's Angus with the weather. Oh, I can't tell you today. It's going to be very wet. Here's a picture of a crazy driver, a rather stupid woman. She's got the Croydon facelift. She's driving along with one hand on the wheel. A Peugeot 206 on the M2 in Kent. She's clearly identifiable with a dog sitting on her lap. A stupid woman. And uh, funnily enough, the windscreen fitter who took the picture called Sid, who was returning from France, says the dog was staring at me and then she looked at me and flipped two fingers up. Stupid woman. I'd have then gone, woo, 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 pulled her over, taken away the dog and the car and then gone, you're walking now, thicko. What a thicko. Uh, Princes. Princes make um, fish in tins. They do all sorts of uh, stuff. But somebody noticed the other day, and I'm always in great admiration of people who spot this kind of thing, they've sneakily cut the amount of mackerel in their tins. Uh, What they've done, smaller fish fillets are being bulked out with cheaper ingredients. You pay the same price for the same size tin, but the amount of mackerel inside has shrunk by 20%, replaced with water, tomato paste and mustard seeds. And so they, they were checking this the other day. A prince's spokesman said, this is why I always love it. You know, so in other words, now you've got less, you, you, you've sort of got much less in the tin. It shrunk from 64% to 56%, and you're paying the same amount for less fish. 
Prince's spokesman said, OK, wait for this one. Ever heard such garbage? The reduction in fish content in some of our mackerel in sources products was not a cost-saving exercise, but was in response to consumer testing. In other words, people obviously said, listen, there's far too much fish in your tins. You really must cut it back. What a load of old cobblers they come up with, don't they? It was in response to consumer testing. Too much fish in the tins. Lord above, we want less fish and we want to pay more for it. Who are they asking? Answer, they're asking the tooth fairy. Uh, Steve, re-ice cream. How come the vanilla ice cream we buy from the shops is yellow and the one that we buy from the ice cream man is white? Yes, well, the ice cream man's making his out of powder. Most of the time, that's a powder and a liquid that go into the into the squirty machine. And uh, the other ones, I suppose, have got more um, whatever in it. I've got no idea, actually. And uh, another one here says, if you do get a cafe on the seafront, I shall come and have a cup of tea and a toasted tea cake, says CJ. No, we're definitely not doing tea cakes. They said, again, you've taken it on a little bit too much. Too much now. We, we don't want any of these uh, any of these sort of things down there. So we, tea, tea cakes are out. Absolutely out. And, uh, oh, I forgot to mention, actually, I should have done the spike, shouldn't I, at four o'clock again, which runs all the way through till six. How much longer can we make it run, ladies and gentlemen? It's almost like a competition now, isn't it, really? How much longer can we make that spike run? Uh, Somebody says, um, what is a bigger mist? It's apparently Italian fog. Okay, uh, oh, it doesn't matter. It's the best we're going to get, I'm afraid. We're not going to get anything else like that, are we? A lot of people talking about uh, the, uh, the weather and saying, I agree with you. We're not really bothered about the weather. We're not really bothered about whether it's going to be raining or sunny. I appreciate there must be some people, you know, who are going out there. But for the majority of you, if you didn't have the weather on the on the radio, you could, in theory, live without it. I don't think it would be uh, particularly particularly difficult to work out. Um, I was looking at something the other day. Somebody was telling me, I told you about, about uh, deleting... Uh, junk emails, and it's actually... I've suddenly realised just how simple it is to do. Oh, look, picture of Pixie Lot again. Oh, don't tell me. She's not doing breakfast at Tiffany's, is she? Every day a picture of her on the pavement. It's all good. But in fact, actually, the uh, the showbiz column, or the bizarre column in the sun, just gets more and more like a press release column. It looks really boring. They've got here, Molly King has formed a surprise friendship with US pop star Kesha, and left a lasting impression. This is Molly King, who's so desperate to get you to buy her record, that the other day, Ollie Murr said he quite fancied her. Well, she's not difficult to pull, because she went... <laughs> and so they're, they're apparently going to be going on a date. I thought he had somebody. Obviously, he can't keep them either. So uh, there's no chance of her. She went out with a male model. Bit of a difference between a male model, called David Gandhi, and Ollie Murr's. But anyway, after their meeting at a writing camp... At a writing? What in God's name is that? And uh, Molly says, Kesha is brilliant. She's one of those gal pals that every girl needs. She tried to give me a tattoo. I was almost tempted, but bottled it in the end. I had my very first tequila shot with her. So that was a very fun night. Wow, that's so exciting. You are so rock and roll, aren't you? And you think there's a musical career coming after this? I think not. I think not. Uh, Tess Daly is getting ready to rumba. And, uh, my God, they've airbrushed her, haven't they? They've, she's very heavily airbrushed. And as for Claudia Winkleman, you have to airbrush her. Uh, Toss Daly is heading up 47 now. She started buying kids toys, togs, saying, surprised to find, even though I'm a 10 to 12, I actually fit in these clothes. No, you don't. <laughs> and I must tell you the story about the Read and Writ. 
it's quite an interesting one because it, it poses a very interesting dilemma for one particular man. Exactly as I said at the beginning of the programme, lots of kids getting their results today and some of them should be disappointed. But in fact, everybody should be getting A's because you've been taught everything. It's not the teacher's fault that you can't remember. That's your problem. You know, the teachers have taught you everything. None of the questions in that thing are not to do with things that you've never been talking about before. So that's why people sort of worry. They go, oh, I only got a D. And I'm thinking, well, it's because you've wasted your time at school. No good bleating to your parents. Well, it was really difficult because other people got A's. So obviously they're either marginally cleverer than you or they can remember things a lot better. Uh, Jez doesn't know his aunt from his deck. Philip Green lunges at a TV camera using some very choice language. Very common little man. Uh, the dad's suing the private school after his son gets one GCSE and have a go Winnie batters a migrant mugger at the cash point. Good for her. Details in a moment. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Three minutes past five. It's Thursday, the 18th of August. Apparently the weather's going to take a downward turn tomorrow. OK, but, you know, you'll cope with it. We've managed it every time. You're not going to be sort of blown away like in Mary Poppins. Uh, the killer dog who savaged four other victims. Remember, this is the dog that was deemed dangerous. So the police confiscated it and they gave it back to the bloke. Then it killed the next door neighbour, dragged him back to, to its kennel. He was screaming in agony. He died as a result. The dog savaged four other victims, and it's still alive. I can't quite work that out. They didn't, uh, why they didn't taser it, I've got no idea. Didn't seem to work till somebody got a fire extinguisher out. The weird world of Will and Jada Smith. Sam Bernardino is burnt, taken out some iconic buildings. And uh, the stupid woman driving on the motorway with a dog on her lap. These people should be arrested and thrown in prison. They're far too stupid, aren't they? But uh, anyway, Connor's back again, so that was quite uh, quite nice. This is the man who really has the embarrassment in the garden of um, of a rotary washing line. I mean, very unwise to put a picture, you know, on the front of your of your Twitter page showing a rotary washing line. I mean, you know, I don't really know what the answer to that is. The answer is get rid of it or move as quickly as possible. A rotary washing line. I mean, who has a rotary washing line, I ask you? Probably quite a few of you, I should imagine, at the moment. Uh, I used to have one years ago. Well, my parents had one. I, I never actually had a rotary washing line. Well, not that I'm prepared to admit anyway. Uh, 84850, steve at says his father's listening at the moment. That's probably for legal reasons, I should imagine. Uh, there's a story. This is an odd story. This is a very odd story. This is a trucker who scrimped to send his boy to boarding school uh, £28,000 a year. That's what he was paying for boarding school. Um, his, uh, his son just got one GCSE. Scott Craddock said of the paltry C in science, he'd have done better at a local comprehensive. Really? You think so? Why do parents seem to think that it's, it's the school's fault? Anyway, the divorced dad forked out 125000 in fees only for his son David to flunk seven... And obviously not particularly bright, is he? Flunked seven. And he's blaming the school. He's blaming the school. He wants his money back. After venting his fury during a speech the headmaster was giving at, uh, at a posh school in Rochester, Mr Craddock, who served papers on the head and chairman, said the cleverest kid in the school only came away with a handful of B's and C's. So it's not a case of my child being thick. Well, he's not the brightest, is he? I mean, he, he failed in seven of them. Failed in seven. Flunked seven of eight GCSEs. He says, I feel as I've been ripped off. They boasted about being the best school going, but that's just poppycock. David is now studying for a career in forestry. Oh, what, you waste that much money, a career in forestry? You wasted 125,000 quid and he's, he's going to do a career at college studying forestry. 
I tell you, his uh, father who comes from Staffordshire said the only benefit from going to the school was his best friend is the son of a Russian Russian oligarch. The headmaster refused to comment on the lawsuit, but he admitted last year's results were not as good as usual. You can't sue a school for not, you know, they'll have had the teachers there and they will have taught the kids everything. I'd like to find out whether he's true in, you know, the result. They might not have been as good as last year, but he flunked seven of them. He flunked seven of them. You don't just hand the money back. He's obviously been a boarder there. You've got to pay for that. That's what you pay for. You don't just pay for somebody's education, do you? I d- I'd never heard of it before. I, th- I thought it seemed quite interesting that, you know, because your child's not the brightest penny in the box. And now he's going for a career in forestry. What, cutting down trees? Riveting. How difficult can that be? Uh, Towie's list of suspended cast members is growing quicker than the queue for Sugar Hut on a Saturday night. And uh, so following the antics of Mario Falcone, Dan the Plank Osborne and James Argent, you're not back on it again, are you, Argent? Uh, there's another headache. Essex newcomer Mike Hassini has been told to stay away from the show until further notice uh, after being arrested for a misdemeanour. And um, he's been charged with driving under the influence. Now, if guilty, he could face three months in prison and a £2,500 fine. So, in view of the charges, they've quite rightly suspended him because they don't know where, where the outcome is. Big headache, they say, for Towie bosses. Why? Nobody's ever heard of him. Nobody's ever heard of him. You don't need to worry about one numpty on the programme. Good Lord above. You know, they, they, they've taken the quick but considered decision to suspend him. And, uh, I mean, it was last year, Dan Osborne, who's got a daughter... Uh, threatened his ex-girlfriend. A nasty piece of work. Luckily, he's disappeared completely. I tell you what, though, have you seen the most boring programme on the television? I know there's quite a number, including loose women. Have you seen... Uh, is it Elliot Wright's restaurant in wherever it is? My God, what a boring person. In Marbella. What a dullard. God in heaven. I thought it was going to be all exciting. There's nothing going on at this restaurant at all. They're almost trying to invent stories each week to make him look as though he's not the plank that we all know him to be. I mean, seriously, it's really bad news. How they've dragged it out this long, I've got no idea. Nothing goes on. Nothing goes on. There's a lot of elderly people who look slightly dodgy, who are taking up the tables. And Elliot Wright prances around like a ninny with his sort of girlfriend and his kids from somebody else's relationship. Not, not this woman, anyway. That was with the, that was with the first one. And, uh, and then a couple of barmen and some women who are arguing over who's doing the floor plan. I mean, and that's it. It's as boring as that. Just like Elliot Wright, really. Very dull. Uh, Daisy Lowe going on to um, uh, the dancing programme. As I say, nobody knows who she is. You won't know who she is when you've seen her. And uh, she's going to be on with the well-known failure Louise Redknapp and uh, Hollyoaks' Danny Mack, even though he's been in Wicked for four years. And uh, also Boy's Own singer Shane Lynch is now the face of an unlikely car show. He's hosting a new Men and Motors series. So Shane Lynch, good Lord. So he's also um, worked on uh, other programmes. It's a 22-minute... Oh, it's a pilot. For that read, it's not going anywhere at all. They always do those. Uh, The show is hosted by Shane and presenter Tori Campbell with the format targeted an audience. They've said it's just a... This is PR puff in this bizarre TV column. It's the biggest pile of crap you've ever read. It really is ridiculous. And uh, the cast of Hollyoaks... Better hang on to their hats because Linda Gray is... Just, this is just a press release column. Does he actually know anything at all? Not really. Not really. Uh, also, uh, Essex's Wall of Shame, Mario Fowler, Maria Fowler, outed as a £600 an hour escort. This was what they used to say about Maria Fowler. They said troubled. Yeah, troubled was really troubled. Uh, the video of Mary Falcone snorting a white powder 
Could have been talcum. Uh, James Argent tests positive for cocaine. Dan Osborne makes knifing threat to his ex, Megan Tomlin. What a ghastly bunch of people. I mean, to be honest with you, Arge is about as funny as uh, somebody else picking up a dreadful illness. And, uh, and you think it really should have been him because it's just his, his career is going nowhere at all. Absolutely nowhere. It's, uh, it's a great shame. Uh, they're definitely trying to sort of push in the Daily Star Samantha Fox. I don't know why. I can't imagine why. I mean, it's of no interest to anybody. She passed her sell-by a long, long time ago. And I don't think it's, uh, it's going to be resurrected by Big Brother because now they're telling you that she had a breakdown on the programme and um, it was a bit of a cover-up. So, like, anybody cares... It's just a programme, just a very dull, boring programme with a lot of people who shout at each other and um, and threaten each other, and that's just about it. It doesn't get any better. Oh, look, a picture of who's that well-known has-been. Somebody wearing some horses. Oh, it's a posed picture. It's uh, it's somebody called Bianca Gascoigne. Good God, she's not still going, is she? I thought her career was washed up ages ago. Oh, she works as a manager of a strip joint. <laughs> class, class. Uh, also, um, I'll make Kylie a pop star. Uh, this is uh, somebody wants Kylie Jenner, incidentally. I don't know why. There's no... Uh, nobody's interested. What did you read the other day? I read something about Sharon Osbourne. Oh, she was doing an interview with somebody saying about how, you know, her, her sort of uh, way forward to making her kids grounded. I thought anybody less than the Osbournes' kids being grounded, you'd be hard pushed to find. Jack, who used to go and terrorise the neighbours with a shotgun... Um, the uh, the fat thin fat thin fat thin daughter who's uh, who's just vile the nice daughter who didn't appear on the program because she didn't want to be Ozzy who's been cheating on the wife for years and then Sharon and she thinks that family's grounded they must all be on medication or something mustn't they I've never known a more dysfunctional family I mean Ozzy's been cheating on her for ages and ages and ages any self respecting person would have kicked him out but of course. You know, Sharon Osbourne, what is she going to do? She's not going to do anything without him. She's kind of stuck there. A bit like Kerry Coke-Toner. She can only do things with George because she can't find anybody else. She'd probably try, but nobody... Who wants to go out with an old woman like that now? Apart from George, who's desperate for the attention. But uh, it'll be another sort of few months and then it'll all fall apart again. And then, you know, but she'll be flogging a story, I bet you. I'm so happy we're back together and there'll be pictures of them at home and all that kind of stuff. Even though there's a restraining order on him from not going near the house. So, quite clearly, she's wasted everybody's time. Don't waste our time next time, love, OK? Make it easier. Just deal with it yourself. Just go and sell the story to somebody. And so we'll be putting up with that. I confidently predict it'll be this coming week for OK Magazine, now that we've bought... Because they only seem to have her and Peter Andre. They don't have anybody else. Oh, Kim Marsh does a few things for them. But Peter Andre just drones on about the boring existence he's got. He must be really fed up. He must be really, really... I feel a bit sorry for him, really. Because there must be... uh, there must be sort of more to him than we see on the television, but I don't think we're going to. You're going to be seeing a lot more of Frankie Bridge. Uh, Frankie Bridge used to be in the Saturdays. She had to go into rehab. And, um, and then she's been getting, they say, chilling death threats. And so she's tracking down, for a television programme, trolls with a team of... It's supposed to go going to the police. Why has she not gone to the police with this? I mean, surely. And... Um, she said, I've had some really nasty comments, things about my weight, past relationships or whatever, death threats. Talking about the death threats, she said, it just really frightened me, really. I didn't really tell anybody about it, but I'm doing it on a television programme. So that's a bit like embarrassing bodies, isn't it? It's the same kind of thing. And so this is on uh, Celeb Trolls, We're Coming to Get You. It's on Channel 5, I believe, at 10pm. So, you know, she should have gone to the police. 
That's the first port of call. You go to the police, you get them to deal with it. You know, going out there confronting people, you're asking for trouble because all you'll get is uh, is more trolling from other people. No good sitting there droning on about it. Everybody gets this. You're no different from anybody else. Parents who've lost children get it. So don't think that you're the uh, the one. You know, comments about your weight. Get over yourself. Get over yourself. So you're fat, so you're thin, so you're this, so you're that. Just take it on the shoulder. <clears throat> Drone on about it. But of course, you know, luckily for you, you made a television programme about it, which is uh, slightly disturbing because I think you should go to the police about these sort of things. If you've really got concerns and if somebody's really issued a, a death threat, I would go to the police immediately. I have no hesitation. Gaz Beadle, he's branded the UK, you know, rude word, in a shock rant. And he, he really he can't wait to move on. He says, I won't miss Britain. Bye. There you go. He'll disappear. He'll never turn up ever again. He's, he's passed his sell-by, as indeed are most of them. Most of them on that programme. They all sort of think... And everybody's now convinced that you got rid of uh, Louis the Boar from, uh, from Celebrity Big Brother because A's not a celebrity, B's a very stupid person. I didn't realise, actually, that, you know, when they go on to uh, The Only Way is Essex, it is a prerequisite that you've got to be particularly stupid. You know, so you've got all of them, from Chloe Sims to Lydia Dim down to Arge Argent... And now you've got Lewis Bohr. I mean, you know, they really are some of the thickest people on the planet, aren't they? Very embarrassing for Essex, because it's not like that. They're all really nice people. It's just that on the programme, they've managed to find the drearies. And God knows, he's about the dreariest. Well, he's not actually Lydia Dim's fairly dull. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 19 minutes past five. Yes, sounds very sexy, says Stuart at Sandy's. This is uh, Paul, who works at... uh, Works here reading our news, and he works elsewhere as well. Yes, Scottish Paul, we call him. And he lives down the road as well, so yes. He does sound sexy, doesn't he? But uh, voice is very deceiving, as you well know. And uh, <laughs> I can only say that because I know he's on his way. Yeah. <coughs> £60 pounds he spends on his hair. Stuart, can you imagine spending 60 Well, you wouldn't, but I'm obviously. But I mean, £60 pounds on having your hair done. Seriously, I think that's an extortionate amount of money. Extortionate. And he has it done in Twickenham. There's actually a place in Twickenham that would charge that sort of money. It's called Rush. Uh, Jason says, I'm playing the Akinator game where it asks questions and will guess the person you're thinking of. 143 people have thought of you. 244 people thought of James O'Brien. Does that make him more famous than you? Well, only if we had the faintest idea what you were talking about. Yes. I don't know. I just know that I won the Radio Times... Uh, listener vote for best voice. I don't even think he was in the top 40, but I just mentioned that because I never mentioned things like that at all. Uh, CJ says, well, just a cup and a rich tea biscuit will have to do. I think we don't want to go any further than that, do we? I think a bourbon. I might go for a bourbon or a squashed fly biscuit. And um... (laughs) cute, thanks, says Paul. I told you he'd still be up. told you he'd still be up. (laughs) Brian in Biddeford says, we farmers need to know that. I don't know why I did that. I'm so sorry, Biddeford and Devon. I don't know why all of a sudden I thought we had to speak like that. But uh, you don't. You don't at all. I'm so sorry. Uh, the first plane's taking off. So Paul Paul is not, Paul Smith is not sleeping now. So now, now he's, he's into the mindset. And he's now completely screwed up. Because of the planes taking off, Stuart, just up the road, he can't sleep because they start fairly early. <laughs> I don't know why I think it's funny, actually, because I, I could, seriously, I could, I could sleep through anything. They could crash land a plane in my bedroom. It wouldn't make any difference. Uh, Malcolm says, if the number of fish is reduced in cans, we won't be able to use these, saying, packed in like sardines anymore. No. Uh, you didn't mention Linda Gray joining Hollyoaks. Well, the reason I didn't is she's 75. I don't know, GR. She used to swell and... Swell and? You're a drunk. 
I know I am. I just had a little drinky poos. Oh, Swellen was drunk most of the time, wasn't she? They were the, they were the fun moments, I think, in, uh, in Dallas. She's 75 now, Linda Gray, and she's going into uh, Hollyoaks. So they get rid of one drunk, only to replace them with another drunk, which is quite good. And uh, I was, uh, I was uh, reading, says Ange, in this morning about a pop-up shop in America selling gourmet donuts sliced down the middle and filled with your choice of ice cream, sort of donut sandwich. Yes, I mean, we've had those before, haven't we? They're sort of done a bit like uh, like uh, bagels. And uh, and it's quite nice, actually. I quite like that idea of sort of cutting down a donut and putting a squeeze of ice cream in there. I, th- I mean, all in fr- I think all ice cream should be in a tube and you should just go... So, in other words, you see a pretty picture of it and it goes, it's so-and-so. And you just take the gun, like when they do the soft drinks and everything else, you just take the gun and it fires ice cream out of it. And you go... So you can have sort of anything you like. It's a brilliant idea. I love that idea. I could quite happily have an ice cream s- shop. Dave says, celebrity. What the hell is a celebrity? I wish I knew. I wish I knew we banned... I'll tell you what the word is that they bandy around more. The word that they bandy around more is... Um, it's, uh, it's... It's star. Star seems to... Um, seems to cover all these people, doesn't it, really? Which is, which is a little bit worrying, actually. A little bit worrying when you sort of think that they aren't stars. They're generally failures. Uh, Elliot Wright's bar is not even in Marbella. ITV need to learn geography, says Lewis. Yes, I mean, to be honest with you, it's, uh, it's a pretty lame programme. But mind you, he was pretty lame anyway. He was, he was rubbish first time round. And, uh, and, and unfortunately, it's not improved. In fact, it's, it's got worse and worse and worse and worse. The chef was arguing on the first one I saw. The whole thing was just rubbish. Elliot Wright couldn't manage a, a builder's tea party, I think. I don't know why I thought of a builder's tea party. Heather Mills had a lovely beachside cafe in Brighton Lagoon. Very nice, but pricey. It was crap. It was closed down. Lack of business. They didn't have anything in there. Ghastly. Ghastly. She couldn't, she couldn't turn on a tap. I'm afraid. So, no, she was totally useless. And it wasn't a lovely beachside cafe at all. It wasn't a Brighton Lagoon. It wasn't a lagoon at all. I know exactly where it was. I pass it uh, when I go down there. Steve, why buy a house under the flight path and then complain about the noise? It's like buying a houseboat when you suffer from seasickness. Well, you didn't buy a house. I think they're they're renting a house. And I think his other half uh, got it. And then, of course, you, you don't tend to think, do you, about living under the flight path? I mean, I don't. I don't worry about it. I don't live actually under the flight path, but I can hear aeroplanes, but, it, but they don't bother me in the slightest. I'm, I'm really not remotely bothered by aeroplane noise because I have no trouble sleeping. No trouble sleeping. Winnie's on the Isle of Dogs. Actually, I've got a story about a lady called Winnie today, which I'm very much looking forward to. Oh, it's bought, is it? Oh, it's a bought house. Oh, Lord. I had no idea that they'd actually splashed out and bought a little pied de terre, uh, which is very nice indeed. I have got a story about a Winnie... I've got a story about a Winnie. She was a she was a have a go hero. In fact, she was a real have a go hero. She was she's bright as a button. Is this Winnie? What if it's the same one? It'd be lovely to think if it was the same one, wouldn't it? Uh, it's a story about a lady who uh, called Winnie. She's seventies. I shall find it. Uh, she's seventy seven, and she was using a cash point. You know, like most people do. And you've got to be very, very careful when you use cash points. It doesn't matter where you are, whether you're in London or anything else like that. There are people who, you know, if they think that you're elderly and they could take advantage of you, they will. And they'll sort of push in and they'll push the button for, in this case, for £200. And um, and then try and take the money from you. Uh, and they thought they were going to get away with it. 
Well, they certainly hadn't uh, hadn't banked on Winnie. Winnie's quite feisty. In fact, Winnie's very, very feisty. And so, because she looks like a vulnerable pensioner, uh, the teenage Romanian cash point gang didn't stand a chance. Uh, incidentally, I must just tell you quickly, and Stuart, for your benefit as well, that there's a little gang of Romanians doing the rounds in Twickenham trying to pass off forged tenors. Trying to, so in other words, that they'll buy something really cheap, give you a tenner, and then they get the change because they're paying about three pounds for each ten pound note, so they can make about uh, seven quid on it. So uh, just be aware that there are forged tenors doing the rounds. Anyway, so here is uh, here is lovely, uh, lovely Winnie Winifred, uh, Winifred Peel. Her name is Felix Stoika, and two accomplices attempted to shove Mrs. Peel aside at an ATM and pressed the button for £200 after she put in her bank card. Uh, but the widowed grandmother of four smashed... Sorry, grabbed Stoika by the collar and smashed his head against the cash machine several times. Bully for you, Winnie! You get our vote this morning. The teenagers obviously didn't know that she goes to the gym four times a week. Uh, she lifts weights and she uses the treadmill. The criminals eventually fled with her money. She went to the local Barclays branch while she waited for the police... She told the male, I bashed him against the wall as hard as I could. He started shouting in Romanian. I thought, you're not having my money, young man. Anyway, CCTV was circulated and they've caught Felix Stoika. And I'm delighted to say he's got uh, numerous pre... Because he's a thief by, by trade. That's what he does. He thieves. Now he's a, a thief in prison, which is great. So I think he's gone to prison for two years. Fantastic. Good place for you. Hope they beat you up inside. Hope they beat you up inside, touching our pensioners. How dare you, you thieving little toe rag, honestly. His accomplice is called Piper Dimitru. Piper. It's obviously a very popular name among thieves. He got eight months, and uh, it's great. I think what they should do is, as soon as they're actually out of prison, we, we deport them. It's as simple as that. Why would we want toe rags like that here? Definitely not. Definitely not. Thank you very much indeed. So, well done, Winifred. You get our vote as being a fantastic person. And uh, standing up for yourself. Wish I'd been there, actually. Uh, Steve, if you put your PIN number in reverse, uh, your money would not come out, would alert the police. No, this is an apocryphal story. This is absolute rubbish. Absolute rubbish. Why on earth do people come up with this garbage? Just because you've read it on the internet somewhere. Uh, Jenny's in Northern Ireland. Thank you. Uh, somebody's got to be, haven't they? Somebody's got to be. I don't care where anybody is listening to this programme. Makes uh, makes no difference to me. I never I never question where people come from. I just just people send in texts and uh, and I think you know it's nice actually. Uh, Noreen says you spoke of uh, Prince's fish. I remember yes because apparently they've reduced the size in their tins and they've padded it out with something else. But the price remains the same. And they said it was due to consumer. It was based on what consumers had obviously asked them, which is obviously put less fish in and make it more expensive. You know, which of course you'd have to be pretty stupid to believe that old guff, wouldn't you? Really? I remember having Prince's paste on toast for tea when we were young: sardine and tomato. <laughs> sardine and tomato. I'm not sure if I like the sound of that. I had smoked salmon this morning. In here, I ate smoked salmon. I was going to have a prawn cocktail, but I didn't. Uh, it didn't taste as. The smoked salmon was delicious. Very nice. The Olympics, says Noreen, are getting better and better. I love it when someone unexpected wins a medal, like Amy, the youngest member of the GB team, getting a gymnastics medal. So good luck to everyone getting A-level results today. Yes, good luck. But just remember, you've been taught everything, so you should be all getting straight A's. But of course, you won't. Because some of you have been lazy and daydreamed and looked out of the window and some of you just haven't bothered at all. Uh, We're taking three boys wall climbing this morning off to one of your favourite places, Luton. Have a great day, says Noreen. Wall climbing. I couldn't do this. It's not for us, is it? 
not for us at all. Noreen, we, 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 don't, we don't do things like that. We don't, we don't do wall climbing. I've seen people doing it, but, uh, you know, OK. Uh, one here says, we had a wonderful meal in the River X Cafe, picked up by a boat taxi in Exmouth, says Sally. A friend of mine, Paul, is going to be buying a boat because uh, he thinks it'll be quite nice to pootle up and down the Thames, having, you know, bottles of Prosecco and waving at people. Hello! Hello! Can't wait, actually. Can't wait. So uh, I think he's going to look at that tomorrow. So uh, that'll be good. I quite fancy that idea, actually, being lazy. Taking the back cover off it and just sitting there, sun- or feeling that just lying on the on the deck, sunbathing. That appeals to me. That appeals to me quite a lot, actually. And another one here. Uh, a lot of people talking about... Uh, we've just heard, actually, news has uh, just come in, that uh, the Australian producer was approached... Was it, was it tonight or was it tonight? By a lady of the night... After he left the building, he did tell me the other day that he had encountered a few people uh, who were offering him services. I mean, I'm assuming something like a haircut or something like that, or perhaps a Thai massage or something. But uh, I've never heard of people being approached. But is that near here? Really? Oh, in Soho. Well, he walked through. So- well, of course he walked through Soho. I think he knows Soho quite well, doesn't he? He obviously has to walk that way home. And of course, there are people there standing in doorways. They will say the same thing. Hello. Hello. Looking for company. You know, you get... Oh, you've got company as well. You've got friends. Hooray! Again, she described it as the business. The business. They're not, they're not supposed to approach people. But what they, what they generally do is, in Mayfair especially, the girls will walk past you and go, hello. And if you then go, oh, hi, that means you've instigated the conversation. They've just said hello to nobody. And you've instigated the conversation. And, uh, and it's, it's quite, quite sort of lucrative, I suppose. This time of the morning, that's quite early, isn't it, really, in the morning? Perhaps this is the early morning shift before, you know, places open for food. Personally, I'd rather be eating sausage, egg, bacon, hash browns and just about anything else you get your hands on as opposed to chatting to somebody about, you know, what fun you could have. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Thursday as we rocket through the week. Um, there's a hero... There's always a hero somewhere, isn't there? And the hero in this particular story is in London, at Tottenham Court Road Station. Uh, This was um, a stranger who fell onto the tube tracks. Now, uh, we do get people in London, it happens all the way around the world, who've got illnesses and they try and commit suicide. But this man actually became ill on the platform, stumbled over the... Oh, he never hit the electric rail, I've got no idea. But uh, anyway, another passenger jumped down, despite the danger of touching this live rail, and uh, and lifted him up. It was about 5pm on Tuesday. The Good Samaritan is seen grabbing the stricken man as he lies helpless, pulling him to safety. Uh, British Transport Police now want to trace him, to thank him for his actions. The man who collapsed has not been named, treated by paramedics before being taken off to hospital. Uh, undoubtedly, this uh, stranger uh, was, you know, the mystery commuter. He was the hero of the hour. And he undoubtedly saved this man's life. This man would be dead by now, if not for his uh, for his quick thinking. So well done to him. Well done to him. They will find him, and uh, because somebody's saying, "I know who that is," I know exactly who that is, and so then he'll be thanked properly because people like that just do it. They don't expect anything for it. They just do it because that's what they do. It's like people being nurses and stuff like that, isn't it? When somebody uh, when somebody decides to go into that, you're not doing it for the money. That's a fact. 
If you're doing it for the money, it would have been completely different. Uh, I got my parcel. Well, I haven't actually got my parcel yet because I, I got a bit panicky. I bought these items in America uh, from a place I bought from before and they send it over, but it comes through the post. And when it gets to this country and you can track it, it's got a tracking number because you don't want to lose anything. And so I think it's taking rather a long time. I ordered this on the 4th of August and uh, we're now up to the 18th. So it's taken taken a bit longer than it would normally. Anyway, um, I tracked it online, this parcel, which cost $200, so we're not looking at anything cheap here. And, uh, and it said um, it's at Heathrow. So I thought, hmm. So I tried to contact the, uh, the company and didn't have any joy doing that. So I thought, where can I go to? Where can I go? And then it said sometimes parcels are delivered by Parcel Force. So I contacted Parcel Force, got through to a lovely lady there, and I said, I'm trying to track this, uh, this parcel coming in from America. She said, give me the code number. She said, no, it's not with us. She said, let me check the post office for you. So she then goes on to the post office's website, and she goes, yes. She said, I found it. Uh, it's just been delivered to uh, Twickenham Sorting Office. So I said, oh, great, great. And uh, she said, that's where it is. I said, well, I might drive up there. And then I thought, I can't drive up there. All I've got is a tracking number. Uh, what they normally do is they then send me a card. They pop a card through the door saying, we've got your parcel, you've got to pay duty. And I think on this there's £12 duty, just under £13 duty uh, to pay. So uh, I looked at the card, I thought, good, so I'm going to go up there today and collect it. Go and pay me 13 quid and get me a parcel. It's very good service, isn't it? I think it's very good service. That lady was really good, really, really good. Caught red-handed. Oh, we found another thief. And uh, this one's a cleaner at a top private boarding school. Uh, her name is Elizabeth Bruce, just in case you were thinking of employing her. She thieves. OK. And uh, she stole, I mean, not just little bits, thousands of pounds worth of stuff. Uh, this college in South Seas in Hampshire, it's uh, a Christian school. She stole five and a half thousand pounds worth of stuff here. And um, also, it, all, all sorts of people in there. She blamed... Um, they, they blamed the cleaner for a fall in admission. The thefts had damaged its reputation, led to a decline in pupil numbers, and um, they had problems in relation to the th- threats. So they set up a covert camera uh, with the police. And they left a purse containing £60 covered by the camera, and they saw the defendant come across the purse and go into it wearing gloves. When the police searched her home, they found a Pandora bracelet and a purse belonging to young pupils. She admitted stealing cash purses, Chinese currency, clothes, shop vouchers and the bracelet. I mean, she's just a thief, Elizabeth Bruce. Turned up in court, obviously surprised to see the press there, as you can well imagine. So, uh, I mean, one, one, vi- one girl was a victim of her crime four times. Another pupil struggled to trust her fellow boarders after a purse her family gave her as a Christmas present went missing. Anyway, um, she's been given an eight-months prison sentence, suspended for 15 months. I'd have had her banged up immediately. She's been ordered to pay £842 compensation and 30 days of rehabilitation. Where's the money back? Where's the money back? Don't trust her. Elizabeth Bruce. Remember the name. Just get, We have to give you all these names every day, don't we, really? And um, they've got a lot of pupils here. 26000 a year overseas boarders pay. The UK's boarders pay 24000 But um, the uh, the head said the incident was extremely rare, saying we would like to reassure pupils and parents that security in boarding houses have been reviewed and all affected pupils have had their items returned where possible or been reimbursed. I think so too. What was the name again? Elizabeth Bruce, the thief. 
Yes, I'd have sent her to prison immediately. Five and a half thousand pounds. Little children she was stealing from. Luckily, the police decided that um, she would be caught. And luckily, she was, which is great news. Always love exposing thieves on the programme. Actually, talk of exposing thieves, we've got, uh, we've got some more people to expose a little bit later on this morning. It's, it's amazing how many crooks there are in this day and age. After telling you the story of young Winnie... And, of course, we have, a, we have a Winnie who listens to this programme, has been listening for, for years, and says, great story about Winnie beating the cashpoint mugger. I mean, she grabbed his head and banged it against... He must have been frightened out of his life. I'd have broken his legs, I'm afraid. <laughs> no mess. I mean, you know, people, you know, picking on elderly people. No, no, no. So prison for him. And when he gets out, perhaps we'll kick him out of the country. Disgusting people, really. I don't know where they get these things from. The problem is it's so easy, we make it easy, because we're actually... We're actually quite trusting, aren't we, as a nation? Uh, Listening to the show from Jakarta, and uh, and Adrian says, as much as you talk about Celebrity Big Brother, I think you've got a deep-down desire to appear on it. You must be joking. I told you before, not even a million pounds. And if I wanted to go on it, believe you me, I could. I could go on it. Somebody asked me a short while ago, somebody who who books for the programme, would you be interested in going on it? I said, not in any way, shape or form. Thank you very much indeed. I, w- I just wouldn't. doesn't interest me. could offer a million. wouldn't tempt me. Ten million wouldn't interest me. Why would you want to do something like that? You'd have to be pretty desperate, wouldn't you? I'm quite glad the train will stop at Feltham. Imagine having to get off at Hounslow, says little Julie. Read the weather. I want the rain. My poor garden needs a drink and the water butt needs filling up. I fill mine up with the hose. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a cheat, actually, when it comes to, uh, to things like that. And uh, Janet... Says, we're currently at Westgate in uh, Kent. She sent me a picture of Broadstairs Beach yesterday. More crowded than I've seen for many a year. Beach holidays in the UK are amazing, except we can't rely on the weather. The subject of the morning. Fun show this morning. Yes, I like to think so. I like to think a fun show. I like to think a fun show every day. Every single day. They're thinking of uh, Robbie Savage for this year's uh, I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. So they start bandying names around of people that they think would be very good at going on the programme. Um, I don't know, would it be any good? Who knows? I wouldn't go on there. I really wouldn't be going on there at all. And another one here. By any chance, did the cleaner steal brain cells from the lorry driver's son? This is the lorry driver who's uh, suing the school because his son only got one qualification. Uh, The rest he flunked. He flunked seven. And he said, you know, it's it's not good enough. He paid £125,000. He's a trucker. And so he'd saved up the money. Quite a bit of money to save up. And uh, his son has got friends now with an oligarch. His father would be advising him to stay well away from your son, I would think, after appearing in the newspapers with somebody suing over the fact they haven't done very well. I'd like to find out what the oligarch got, the oligarch's son, and, uh, and to find out, you know, just what the average was across the school. Because, you know, they do teach you everything. And uh, Dave says there are some very courageous people about in London. They don't say much, but they're there. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, you've got people who do nice things, haven't you? People who do nice things. Uh, somebody else saying here, I was delivering some stationery uh, once around Paddington. I was looking for the Porchester Centre when I stopped and asked the lady if she knew what it was. She said, no, but you want me to, you want me to get in the back of the van with you? She said, you must be joking. I've got work to do. I know, it's dreadful, isn't it? The amount of sort of hookers there are working in the cafe. I mean, presumably there must be work for people. I know they keep calling it the world's oldest profession, but if, if there wasn't work for people, they wouldn't be here. There wouldn't be, wouldn't be enough at all. Uh, more on this bullying story, which has resurfaced again. 
And this is an inquiry into bullying in the Tory party has been branded a whitewash after two former co-chairmen were cleared by the party's own lawyers. Uh, the report decided Grant Shapps and Lord Feldman did not know of claims uh, would-be MP Mark Clark was bullying young activists until a complaint in August 2015 by Elliot Johnson. A probe was begun. He's, he's denied everything. Um, but uh, a probe was begun, but Elliot killed himself. And his father, Ray, told Channel 4, we knew it would be a cover-up. They exonerated themselves. And uh, it's gone on. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what, what happens at the end of this, because bullying is a huge problem. I've never heard of something being so bad that somebody would actually take their own their own life. So I'm quite sure. Actually, the, uh, the Mirror, in fact, all the papers uh, are actually running here. But uh, they say nobody should be surprised in the, uh, in the voice of the Mirror. Uh, the leaders of the Tory party were cleared of bullying when cynical politicians rarely commission, let alone publish a report, if it'll find them guilty. But this one does need looking at because the, the father wants answers. He wants answers to his questions. He wants to know why his son died. And so far, he's been given nothing at all. And I think that's just appalling. Should always be told. Always be told. Uh, the obsessed pair's game of death was an act of pure evil. This is uh, a disgusting piece of work. Uh, it was a lady called Sadie Hartley who was murdered on her doorstep uh, by two people who were just so disgusting, Katrina Walsh and Sarah Williams, who was jailed for 30 years, a pair of uglies inside and out, and they murdered her. I mean, just absolutely appalling. In fact, actually, one of them, we thought that Sarah Williams was a bloke. Apparently, she's a motorcyclist. In fact, when you look at the picture, you think it is a, just a very ugly bloke. But no, it turns out to be a murderer. Not good, is it? Uh, bungling traffickers. When I first read this, I wasn't sure what they were trafficking, and it turns out to be people smuggling. They were they were in France picking up an illegal Albanian migrant, um, and uh, these are migrants who paid money to be smuggled into this country. So these two people went over there. Uh, they're, they're British nationals, caught when border patrol officers suspected their passenger was travelling on false papers. So they've been jailed for the, the only time they did it. And they got caught. One's gone to prison for three and a half years and the other for two and a half years. <laughs> Won't be doing that again in a hurry, will you? There's some really stupid people. Anne-Marie Roman and uh, Skender Amati. Oh, dear. Dimbos. Honestly, it must be. They'll have to start building new prisons shortly. But I saw something fantastic yesterday. I've always been amazed at airships. And uh, this is one here. The future of aviation. This was uh, making its maiden flight at... Cardington Airport in Bedfordshire last night. It's the Airlander 10. I thought it looked like some character out of out of a kid's programme because I couldn't see any windows in it. And we all remember, if you see some of the, uh, the uh, airships catastrophes, the ones that have just burst into flames when they hit the ground, the Hindenburg, of course, being the classic. As you can see on YouTube, you can, you know, you can see it coming in and then the flames spread... <sighs> Goes like a rocket through the whole of the... This thing, they, they think, could be used if you're going over uh, the Transvaal or in Africa or something like that. Because it's a, it's it's hugely big. It's called... The, they think it's been nicknamed the Flying Bum. Because that's what it looks like. I was quite amazed when it actually took off. And they're very quiet. They just coast along. But I'm sure I saw a film years ago. And I can't remember what film it was. But that was all about spaceships. Not spaceships. It was... An, an, I can't remember what it was called, actually, now. Was it Baron Munchausen or something like that? It certainly contained one of these sort of vehicles. But uh, I thought it's great. And they're, they're going to start taking passengers. It, uh, it can take more. Think of a big helicopter, a really giant helicopter. No, I just thought it was a giant bottom. 
That was it, and it and it looked amazing. I was uh, I was ever so impressed, ever so impressed. I thought I'd like to go on it, and then I thought, wait a minute, is it just helium inside it? Is that all it is? In which case, I'd want some sort of guarantee that it was going to be really, really safe, because otherwise, I get a little bit frightened by things like that. Uh, what else we got? Oh, Lady Gaga is going to make a, a new uh, version of A Star Is Born, which was the film with Judy Garland. Years ago, about girl who marries man who's a very successful actor. She overtakes him in the popularity stakes. He ends up killing himself, and um, and she she sort of stands there. We always remember this. I remember thing after um, Judy Garland had lost her husband. He'd walked into the sea and drowned. And uh, they say, look, you're supposed to come to the Oscars. Yeah, I don't want to go to the Oscars. She didn't want to do anything at all, and. Um, and Norman Maine, her, uh, her husband, who'd killed himself, she was in love with, but, of course, he couldn't cope with the failure, so he drank, and he knew that he was dragging her career down. And it's been made a few times, once with Barbara Streisand and Chris Christopherson, uh, but it's that closing line which they seem to use a variation of, and in the case of A Star Is Born, Judy Garland, eventually, they, they, they persuade her. Some bloke from the studio says, listen, you snivelling little so-and-so. He said, sitting here, he said, fine example for, for your husband, you are. He'd have wanted you to go to this thing. He'd have wanted you. And she's crying and sobbing and going, I don't want to go, I don't want to go. And he said, well, you're a disgrace. You should go. And eventually she gets dressed and she goes to the Oscars. And, uh, and they, they've just announced at the Oscars that uh, he's, uh, he's killed himself and she will not be appearing. And then somebody comes on the stage and he goes, ladies and gentlemen, she will appear. Vicky, what's it? Vicky Lester will appear. And then the camera silhouette her and she walks to the front. She says, hello, everybody. This is Mrs. Norman Maine. And everybody claps and I burst into tears and the film finishes. And so they're going to do a remake with Lady Gaga. I don't know how many more times you can remake this film, but it's, uh, it's worth seeing. Worth seeing. I like it. Uh, 8,000, no, 80,000 people. California is burning. Some really iconic buildings uh, in California. One of them uh, had a jukebox with Elvis original records on it and everything, and a place where they all used to go. And that has just been destroyed completely. These bushfires in California, not good. 80,000 people, get out and get out now. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Thursday, 18th of August. It's always nice when people pop in from other radio stations. I quite like that. Did you know who that was? Did you know who that was? Oh, you know who that was. All right. I should have actually said it was very rude of me not to introduce somebody. Somebody comes in, has a little chat to me, who's, uh, who's doing uh, a breakfast show on one of our sister stations. And uh, they get younger and younger, these people, don't they? They really do get very, very young. But, uh, but that's only to be applauded. It only goes to show that you can have longevity in uh, in just about any career nowadays, provided you put your mind to it and you uh, and you apply yourself. Uh, Steve says Andrew, if you heard a faint scream a moment ago, it was me seeing a spider running up my dressing gown. Do you know I don't see as many? The only spiders I see are the ones spinning the webs outside, and they spin round lights and everything. Else. Spiders must be sleeping with lights on all the time. Because during the daytime, it's very bright. They probably hide in little hidey holes, pardon me, things like that. But uh, I don't see spiders indoors. Used to. You know when you used to see spiders indoors? Now I haven't seen spiders for ages. Some people used to say, oh, there's a spider in the bath, spider in the bath. And you get, well, I've not seen a spider in the bath. I mean, if, if there's one in there, it's hiding, probably looking at me through that little overflow bit. But I, I just don't see, I don't see spiders 
anymore. Same as we don't... We were talking the other day about a shortage of bees. There is a shortage of bees. There's not as many bees around as there were, and I've got no idea why not. Are they being killed off by foreign bees or something like that? Lovely sunrise this morning, says Paul Smith. Lovely sunrise. You see, look at this. Ten to six, and he's not even asleep. And he's back in again tomorrow morning. Oh, I've got two lucky dips on the lottery. Fat lot of use that is, unless one of them says 60 million on it. Why do they send you silly things like that? It does annoy me. Only, I'm only interested if I win. I'm going to sneeze. 60 million. <coughs> Good Lord. Honestly, that was it. I did that the other day. I did four sneezes, one after the... It was dreadful. It really was. Um, uh, what have I got for you? Oh, the, the story I brought you yesterday has now got an update. We've now got a name. And... Um, North Korea's deputy ambassador to Britain has defected in what is seen as a mass spying coup against the communist state. Security experts say British intelligence will be keen to question him. His name is Tae Yong Ho, and he's the highest ranking of Kim Jong-un's officials to swap sides, and he will be familiar with the hardline regime's darkest secrets. Now, why he's defected, I've got no idea. But he's defected with the with the children as well. One of his roles during his four years in London was to monitor, surprisingly, as I told you yesterday, the activities of defectors and other opponents. So he surfaced in South Korea after disappearing from Ealing in West London. And uh, South Korea's unification ministry confirmed he is under government protection. So he had been worried about the future of his families. One of his sons has got a place at Imperial College London to study maths and computer science. And uh, Mr. Jong says, Tai is saying his distaste for the Kim Jong-un regime and yearning for the Republic of Korea's free democratic system and the future of his child are a motive for the defection. Well, Kim Jong-un will not be at all happy with that. He'll not be at all happy and his arms will stretch out fairly wide. So... Quite wisely, he is under the uh, protection. Yesterday, Nick Ferrari was talking about hateful uh, Anjam Chowdhury uh, facing years behind bars. He should have been halted years ago. Really, absolutely should have been, you know, a man who sort of was interested in pornography, smoking drugs, drinking, lewd uh, behaviour with women. And then, of course, turns it all round and sponges off us for the past 25 years. I don't know why we've even put up with it. Why we even put up with it. He apparently thinks it's really funny to sort of to challenge everything. Well, I hope you're going to find it in prison. He said if he does go to prison, which undoubtedly he is going to prison, he said he'll be trying to uh, convert as many people as possible. Why anybody want to listen to this raving lunatic is uh, is totally beyond me. Totally beyond me. Uh, see, weather forecasting is a waste. It's only necessary if there's a storm or flooding coming in so you can get into a boat or climb onto the roof. Uh, it is... I mean, but they spend ages. The The BBC... Spend a fortune on weather forecasters who seem to think that they've got personalities and we're interested. And so they shove them on all their various programmes. And they've got... I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to imagine how many weather forecasts they've got. But they've got to be earning, most of them, in excess of £60,000 a year. That's what I would be thinking they'd be earning. And I'm looking at here. And they, so, in other words, if I'm in London, I'm not remotely interested in what's going on in Plymouth, Cardiff, Belfast, Edinburgh, Stornoway or Newcastle. I really couldn't care less. Makes no difference to me. They could be having the worst storms in Stornoway than since storms were invented. Doesn't affect me in the slightest. And then they go, temperatures could be in the mid-20s. How many times have you gone, oh, I wonder what the temperature is today? I've never done that. I've never done if, if I'm interested in the, in the weather, I go onto my phone and I ask it a simple question, which is... What's the weather like today? 
There we go. OK, here's the weather for today. And it tells me it's going to be 16 degrees. And then by the time we get to uh, this afternoon, 25 degrees. So by 5 o'clock, well, actually, by, by 3 o'clock, it'll be 25 degrees. And that's... But, I mean, who ca- beyond that, who cares? I seriously don't... It's odd, isn't it, that I've, I've sort of kind of lost interest. They go, and, and on Friday we can have, you know, some sunshine and some showers. I know we've been telling you for a week, sunshine and showers, but we're not, not particularly bothered about it, are they? Uh, Linda says, when I was a child, there were so many sparrows. We don't see those anymore. You do occasionally. You do, you do occasionally see them. Round our way, it's rooks and crows. And in London, of course, seagulls. Where do, where do they come from? Where do they come from? Must be some breeding colony. The, yes, but seagull, that's a long way, isn't it? If you're a seagull, to, to fly from wherever they've flown from. And they, yeah, they're around the Thames estuary. And also, I suppose, we've never had so much filthy food on the streets. So much filthy food. I mean, there's every sort of fast food place. People leave it all over the place. You watch the birds in the morning. We've stood at the bus stop and we watched the birds eat, well, eating all sorts of things. At one point, they were trying to, yes, fighting fight it. One of them actually managed to dissect a box of chicken. Managed to pull the box apart to get at the chips and everything else. I mean, they, they literally, that's why half these birds can't fly. They haven't got the energy. They're eating, they go, oh, I couldn't eat any more chicken. Oh, we just found some Chinese around there. Oh, I couldn't eat that, really. Got a kebab. Oh, God, no. Save it for tomorrow. And so they just eat all this food, whereas in fact, I've discovered that pigeons just peck at it and just take little tiny mouthfuls, and yet they still seem to be fat and bloated, don't they? Uh, Trucker Phil says bees are in decline due to a varroa mite. It's very serious, apparently. Well, we, we also had foreign bees, didn't we, coming in, which were foreign killer bees, which is, uh, which is not particularly brilliant. Um, here we go, Sir Jason and Dame Laura couple in line to be honoured. They were dropping hints the other day that the Beckhams are going to be honoured with a knighthood. What for? What for? Why would you want to give them a knighthood? He doesn't spend very much time in this country. If he does, it's a photo opportunity, and she hardly spends any time here at all. And the kids, I mean, perhaps they've even forgotten what their parents looked like. I still love it. Every time I cross that story with Winnie at the, uh, the Romanian mugger at the cash point, she slammed his head into it. The more I smile. Uh, there's also, um, never mind the uh, Omnium, what about a gold for bicycle polo? Because if you look at games gone past, there were all sorts of climbing ropes. Be a very good one. Although I, I don't do that because I think that's, that's fairly scary. I didn't even know what the Omnium was until they talked about it the other day, and I'm none the wiser at the moment. Uh, and also, what next for the golden couple? For Jason and Laura, ten Olympic gold medals. Now it looks like marriage soon. So that's nice, isn't it? I think that's great. Couldn't care less myself, but, you know, I think it's nice. I like to be a caring person. So they're going to get married soon. So that'll be in one of the magazines. They'll sell it and then they'll, they'll have, you know, £200,000 sitting in the bank or whatever it is. And everybody will be very happy. News coming up at six. Ricky Gervais talks uh, in a lot of the papers today about bringing David Brent back. And as I saw the film yesterday, and I'm talking to Ricky Gervais tomorrow, I can't wait to see what he's like in real life. You know, you see people, I've seen people interviewed on the television. I was talking about somebody who's on the television every day to, uh, to somebody who knows them. And I said, and they, they said to me, what do you think about this particular person? I said, I don't like them. I said, they're false. And this person said to me, you're absolutely right. There's two sides to them, the public side and then there's the private side. I said, I thought there was. No names, no pack drill. Drummed out the brownies. Uh, the charity funds that never reach the heroes. And Robbie Williams for a one night stand, one6 million pounds. Wish somebody had taught me to sing angels for goodness sake. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's five minutes past six Thursday morning in London town. We spread the net very wide for LBC. It's the 18th of August. The rest of the world can't accept our Olympic fairy tale. We're just garnering in as many of these medals as we can grab with our hot, sticky little hands. The killer dog. It's still in kennels. It's savaged four people. Killed one. Killed one man. I mean, must have died in absolute agony. Philip Green lunges at a TV camera. Will you go away? Then he used a very rude word. Uh, the Great British Raikin. Uh, this programme's going to run and run. Um, the voice has been savaged by Boy George. He says they'll never actually find a winner in that programme or anybody who's actually going to sell any records because the audience don't know what it's about. And he's probably right, but it doesn't matter because it's moving to ITV now. And they're going to make a hash of it as well. I mean, how many more singing programmes do we need? They can't find enough people to fill Simon Cowell's programmes. The Britain's Got Talent or anything else. They're now having to scrape around to go to European circuses to find anybody who's remotely interested. And as for the singers, they're very thin on the ground. They just aren't out there. They've exhausted it. We've kind of got to the end of the road. There's no point unless you're going to take people out of West End shows. Um, half of blokes under 30 apparently sleep with the light off. On. On. And that's the reason it's unusual, but not for me, because I've slept with the night on for ages. I was telling Paul Smith, the newsreader, I don't think I've had... the. I couldn't sleep in a bedroom with the light off. Not that I'm scared of the dark. I don't want you to think that I'm some sort of scaredy cat or anything like that. It's just that I prefer to sleep with the light on. And so I can sleep anywhere. I could sleep on a beach if I wasn't uh, in danger of getting burnt to pieces. Talking of burning, San Bernardino is burning really badly. They're trying to keep up with it, but it's, uh, it's a losing battle. Uh, the stupid woman pictured in the paper driving down the motorway at 70 miles an hour with a dog in front of the steering wheel. How stupid you have to be. You've seen a picture of her. She looks a bit thick. And um, Ricky Gervais on bringing David Brent back. It's a very clever film. It's, it's again, it's sort of it's documentary type thing. And uh, I'll be talking to Ricky Gervais. Tomorrow we'll run that for In Conversation for this weekend. So uh, you'll be hearing that. I can't wait, actually. I can't wait because I thought the film was great. I was the only one who went to see it yesterday. I said at the beginning of the programme, I was the only person in there. It's my own private screening. I mean, how, how cool is that? Uh, Mick says, I was having fish and chips down at Eastbourne the other week. Left it on the table for a moment to get a drink. In a second, dozens of gulls eating my meal like a scene out of the birds. Yes. Yes, I, I agree, actually. <laughs> uh, I agree. Uh, sparrows are still around, says CJ, uh, but we need to plant more hedgerows to sustain them. Perhaps they're out in the countryside. I used to see swarms of sparrows. Round our way, uh, we've, we don't have sparrows. We've got parakeets, about 25,000 of them. And when they go over, it's like there's a, there's a dip. It clouds over and the noise you can hear. I don't mind them, but they bark on trees. Uh, Jamie says, do you think any weather forecaster has ever been sacked? Oh, I'm probably, I'm sure. There was one, actually, who was dropped from the television. And then they uh, they brought him back in again because he was very popular. Because that's because apparently we like weather forecasters. I don't know why. We like we like radio presenters. And um, and so they were talking because the BBC have got rid of the Met Office. What they're going to do now, I've got no idea. And they brought in a cheaper company from abroad. It will save millions, they reckon. So presumably the Met Office will be in danger of closing very shortly. Because I don't know where they put their people or whether or not we need anybody. Why can't we just have a computer generating it? You don't need people to do it. It doesn't have to be somebody standing there with their boobs hanging out, pointing to a, a blue screen map going, this is happening here and this. You don't need that, do you? You just need somebody to say, today it's wet or today it's not. Steve, when I lived in Honolulu, Hawaii... 
uh, for three years. I really believe the weather report was a taped broadcast shown over and over again because it was pretty much the same. Clear blue sky, sunny with temperatures averaging 28 degrees with a nice breeze. And that would be it all the time. It wouldn't change. I should imagine in, Ar- in, in Antarctica... You know, I wonder really, you know, whether or not people actually bother giving the weather forecast. Today, it'll be snowing. It'll be freezing temperatures. <laughs> and that's about as good as it gets. Sharon says, thank you, Steve Allen Show. You've made my journey to work this morning. Fly by. Yes, I agree. It's, well, that's the best thing, isn't it? You have to have a show that, that makes it uh, get a little bit easier. Steve, if the pointless Beckhams receive an award for posing around the world, then give old dear Winnie the VC, says Lee. Yes, I mean, I agree. with This is Winnie who smashed the uh, Romanian uh, mugger's head against the cash point. He wasn't working on the assumption that she'd been to a gym, but she had at the age of 77. And uh, he's gone to prison for two and a half years. I think when we kick him out, then at the end. Why do we keep these people here? We don't need them. I mean, I'm just grateful that, I mean, I think Anjam Chowdhury should serve his entire sentence and a fort as far away from this country as possible with nothing out there to eat. He can sort of make his own way forward. Uh, we live at, uh, is it Stalham on the Norfolk Broads and have a load of sparrows in the garden. The Swifts have just left after raising their young and the cheeky sparrows have been flying into our window, sealing their straw, which is quite amusing. Got a garden, heron, a kite. Blimey. Oh, I'm very impressed by that, actually. Uh, we like sparrows. I did used to feed birds. A friend of mine's got a little bird feeder on his window, but it's like a mirror. So in other words, he can sit this side and watch them and they don't know that they're being watched, which I think is, uh, is quite clever. Uh, raining in Walthamstow, Steve. Hope not in Milton Keynes as my washing is out, says Jason, my number one, my number one sovereign man. Yes, I hope the Beckhams don't get an award. I'd hate to think they'd give them a knighthood for just being David Beckham. And, and she would get one for what? For what? I mean, I, I can't imagine. can't imagine what you could give her an award for, really. Posing, although I've, if, if you really want to see her smile, and she does smile, it's just that she's got a bit older. She looks a bit emaciated, and she, if you think she looks thin in real life, uh, sorry, on the on the television, the pictures in real life, she's even thinner. But if you look at the Spice Girls' last concert, I think at the O2 or wherever it was, um, as I say, if they're singing, I'm a Dutchman, but uh, she's smiling. She's smiling quite a lot, actually, <laughs> quite a lot. Uh, Pauline says, looking forward to the interview with Ricky Gervais. He's a huge supporter of animal welfare. I know, we've already discussed it. It'll air this weekend. It'll air this weekend. And uh, thank you for mentioning Elliot Wright's Player in Marbella programme. Great bit of advertising. Olivia's celebrated their first anniversary yesterday and are doing great. Just goes to show when you work really hard and know the business, it pays off. Thank you for the mention, says Colleen. No, we said it was such a garbage programme. Really awful. I mean, I'm sorry if they didn't come over. I was trying desperately to make sure that it was one of the boring, most boring programmes I've ever seen in my entire life. So little goes on. I mean, absolutely. They must be sort of running out of ideas. What can they make the plank do next? So it's not publicity. I do beg your pardon if you thought it was. It really wasn't meant to be. <laughs> I love it when people get the wrong end of the stick. It always makes me, me and the producer, always smile because you're not sure if they're really dim or if they haven't quite worked out what we're saying. But uh, no, no, it certainly wasn't a compliment. I don't think anybody's complimenting it at all. Yes, clutching at straws, the producer says. We like that. Oh, thank you. Did you mention us? Thank you for the publicity. No, really, it's the worst programme I've ever seen on the television. Uh, 84850, Steve at uk, And um, another one here. When did we adopt the, uh, the, the, the term restroom? Oh, what, for toilet? Yes, the Americans call it the restroom, don't they? I don't know why. Nobody rests in there at all. Have we? Have we no, we haven't adopted. We've decided we haven't, Nick, adopted it at all. We haven't, uh, no. 
No, definitely not. We didn't. Uh, we don't call it a restroom. We call it call it a toilet. Excuse me. Or I, I said the, the other day when I went to this screening, I was all by myself. When I came out, I thought I'm going to be doing a journey. I shall need to use the bathroom. Use the bathroom. That's another one. That's another popular one. I said, excuse me, I said, that is an American. I said, have you got um, a, a toilet? You know, you sort of stare vaguely into the distance, sort of hoping. She said, yes, just out of here, turn right, second on the right. And uh, very nice it was, too. <laughs> but that's as far as it goes. Uh, so what did we have? We've got uh, investigating here. I love Penman Investigates, from the fishy to the fraudulent. And it's a soldier's scheme to close after 83% went on expenses. This was um, a charity, a soldier's journey. In the last year, last financial year, £347,000 was raised. Out of that, how much went on costs? £288,000. That's 83%. Small wonder the charity is going to be closing in September. You cannot have that. That sounds really, that sounds very unhealthy. And anybody who is giving to a charity that spends 83%... On administering it, it's it's not doing it properly. So it's going to close. It's going to close. So there you go. So some people will be happy and some people won't be at all happy. A dad of four spent five hours on the roof of his girlfriend's pub after she ended their relationship. Jamie George is obviously a bit of a simpleton. He refused to budge despite efforts by the police until his mother talked him down. Oh, how embarrassing. Was it Canvey Island? Just leave him up there. Why do we waste time with these people? You want to go and sit on a roof of a pub? You stay there. You want to go and sit up there? You know, stay there. He admitted charges including criminal damage and threatening behaviour. He's going to be sentenced later. But it's it's a case of, if somebody's on the roof, so in other words, his mother was there, the landlady, and the police turned up. Police have got better things to do than start faffing around with some idiot sitting on the roof of a pub. Let him stay there. He'll come down eventually, believe you me. They always do. You only have to get a bit of bad weather. In fact, leave him there, because Friday it'll be bucketing down. He can get as wet as he likes. Nobody cares. And uh, da, 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 da. Sharon is a teacher. Says, I've woken up for the first time since I've started the school holidays and back from Barbados to hear you. Miss your show. Uh, Maxine, yes. Yes. That's all I can tell you. The answer is yes to the question. And uh, how much longer do, do the kids get at school holiday? Are they, are they really long holidays now? Is it six weeks? I mean, I'm not complaining. I like the idea that the trains are empty. I think that's a brilliant idea. And in fact, actually, the trains seem to be practically empty, completely coming out of Waterloo. I came out of Waterloo the other day, having had my own private screening for uh, for David Brent's new film. And uh, and then we got to Clapham Junction, all of a sudden the entire world descends, and then blow me down two stops later, everybody gets off again. So by the time we get into Twickenham, there's only about two of us in the carriage. But I like it when the kids are not on there. I like it when the kids are not on I don't have a problem with, with the kids being on the train. It's just it gives you so much more room. So much more room. And I hate people. You know me, buggies and bicycles and shopping trolleys and all sorts of things like that. It drives me mad. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Actually, we talked about the weather earlier on this morning as to why we spend so much time doing it after the BBC have decided to save millions by getting rid of the Met Office. And going with some Dutch outfit. I mean, we'll never understand a word of what they're talking about. But uh, we have been reliably informed that they're not going to be getting rid of... Well, they haven't actually said how many they're going to be getting rid of, yes. But they're, they're well-loved. And I'm looking at the woman who's, you know... They're, they're, they're just, they just read auto-cue, don't they? But I'm looking at what Carol's wearing, and then they'll stick her in a... She's obviously in the Blue Peter Garden, because there's a picture of Petra behind her on that stand. And it's another outfit. And you think, you just read the weather, dear. You've had your teeth bleached. 
and that's it. I mean, and then you end up on Strictly, you know, thinking of some sort of personality. Just read the weather. Wet, dry, and stop wearing silly outfits. Just, just put yourself in a sack and turn up on the television. Makes it so much easier. It's ridiculous. But anyway, they, they appear to have... There's so much sport, isn't there? The sport, you know, because we've got the Olympics, then we've got the sport, and we've got everything else like that. And they keep trying to make it all PC at the BBC. So they've started putting girlies on the sport. Girlies now read sport on television. It's amazing. Some of them are very good, and some of them haven't got the faintest idea. Really? And then I realised the other day, I thought it was quite funny, because everybody's been criticising the Blue Peter presenter, Helen Skelton, for her outfits and all the rest of it. So I was quite surprised, as you can well imagine, to hear Eamon, Tubby Boy, and uh, and little Ruth, we adore Ruth, uh, on the television, defending Helen Skelton, which I thought was really odd, until I realised, oh, dear, dear, dear me, Stephen, why did you not see it? They're both with the same agency. They're both with James Grant. So that's why. Somebody pointed that out to me the other day. He said they're both, that's why they were defending her. They're both with the same agency. Because privately, I reckon he had quite a few things to say, as indeed he has on most things. I feel slightly, um, slightly worried for El Chapo's son. This is um, uh, Jesus Alfredo Guzman Salazar. And he's 29. He's been kidnapped by a rival cartel. Uh, his father, as you remember, is that they have lots of lots of gangs over here, and uh, he's been abducted in a settling of scores. I'm not holding out too much hope for this one. I don't think they just hand them back, do they? They they don't really, uh, because the Mexican Marines have been placed on standby. Uh, they have problems with with drug cartels, and I think you'll find that uh, El Chapo who was running his operation for about 20 years with tunnels underneath all the cities, and he was getting drugs in and drugs out, and then, and then he actually managed to get out of his cell by digging a tunnel underneath his shower. And uh, luckily they, they, they caught the little... I think there was a motorbike or something, which they, it was all sort of very bizarre, whatever it was. Obviously, they, they must have had the dumbest guards in living memory if they didn't hear a motorbike going on down there. But anyway, uh, poor old El Chapo uh, is sort of back in prison again. Uh, the gunman... Um, because if they kill uh, Alfredo or Jesus, I suppose they call him Alfredo, but obviously his first name, unless it's Jesus Alfredo, you know, we've caught you now. They probably couldn't believe their luck. Undoubtedly, if there's rivalry between two gangs, he will be killed. And then all hell is going to break loose. That's what the papers are predicting. Uh, the gunmen come from Jalisco New Generation Cartel. Joachim El Chapo Guzman, who escaped jail, is head of the rival Sinaloa. I mean, it gets more bizarre. Over in, was it Marbella? Somewhere like that. Apparently there are Irish gangs operating. They're from, from Ireland and they're operating over on the Spanish mainland. And somebody was shot dead the other day in a gangland killing. Didn't even know there was such a thing. I live and learn. But uh, anyway, uh, after his recapture, El Chapo's, his sons took over. One of them, Ivan, was initially believed to be among those abducted. But now it turns out that it's, uh, it's Alfredo. And I should imagine there's going to be no love lost with him at all. If you've got two rival gangs, and in Mexico it is not uncommon for people to drive out of Mexico City and be confronted by headless bodies hanging in the tunnel. It's happened before. It's their way of warning people, uh, stay off our territory. So when you actually get the rival gang's son abducted by six gunmen, we're not holding out much hope. And I'm sure that El Chapo is thinking probably exactly the same. Front pages of the papers this morning. Uh, apart from the fact that uh, Winnie, 
has battered a migrant mugger at a cash point and she gets our award of the day. I mean, that woman should be, a, should be invited onto television. Straight away. Far, far better than watching dreary old Katie Price and her pony programmes, if anybody cares. Uh, every reckoning that uh, poor old Toss Daly's been airbrushed. Quite, quite a lot, they say, in the programme, because she's, she, she's sort of getting on a little bit. And uh, the, the pictures which they've sent out, because there's a lot of makeup on that programme. That's just with the men. Just with the men. Uh, so Winnie gets our, our vote for the day. Daisy Lowe is signed for Strictly, but as I say, you won't know who she is. You might know the name, but you, wouldn't, you couldn't pick her out of a police lineup. put it that way. That's not going to happen. Having a loving partner helps you sleep better. Do you think so? Do you sleep facing each other or sleep away from each other? You know, do people actually sleep curled up into sort of some fetal position? Fills me with horror. I don't like the sound of that at all. As far as I'm concerned, separate bedrooms is the is the absolute clincher for a happy relationship. The secret of growing bananas in this country, I didn't know that we could. It's a duvet. Some woman's grown bananas and it's under a duvet. Don't ask me how. Don't ask me how. Uh, treats. Most dogs would rather have praise from owners. They don't want treats all the time, but sometimes you have to give them a treat to make them survive. Uh, the killer dog. Savaged four other victims. They've still not put it down, which they should have done. I know I keep arguing the fact there's no such thing as a bad dog. There's, uh, there's bad owners, and that's in, in an awful lot of cases. And um, whether people don't read autocue, they see a reflection of themselves in the maps. Well, they're, they're, they're actually working to blue screen. They don't see a reflection of anything. They've, they've got blue screen. They know roughly where it is. And I think that they, I do think they read autocue. I'm pretty certain, actually. Pretty certain. Uh, the son's suing... The, sorry, the dad's suing the private school after his son's only got one GCSA. I would think, actually, that was somebody, you know, who sort of really didn't understand anything about the system. Uh, Phil Green, unfortunately captured on cameras by Sky, lunged at them and said a very rude word. That, uh, as I say, he just doesn't like being asked questions about British... You know, that, that shop. Some of them they've actually kept open just for a little bit longer, but not too much longer. Uh, the Weird World of Will and Jada Smith. I never got round to in the papers this morning. It is slightly complicated. Uh, something fishy with Prince's mackerel. They've sort of taken out some of the fish because apparently that's what you wanted. The focus groups apparently said less fish, more filler and keep the price up. Seems a bit odd. I don't know who they actually asked. And uh, the cycling super couple, Laura and Jason. Ten gold medals. I mean, that is some going. Where do people keep their medals? Apparently they keep them in toilet bags. They don't have them on display because you don't really want to lose them, do you? You don't want to lose them. So it's a case of you put them somewhere where nobody else can see them. I'd just sort of take them and have them framed. Get them framed quite nicely. My friend Andy does framing. He could do things like that. If I took him something, you'd say, look, can you frame it? Of course, make the frame anything you like. And why are so many Olympic champions born on March the 23rd? That's apparently the most popular birthday. Interesting. Anyway, just about it for this morning. Uh, your A-level results, it's going to be a bit of a bad day. But just remember, if you haven't got good grades, it's your own fault. You should have tried harder. You should have concentrated. I know it's not easy. I know it's kind of a case of, well, you know, I wanted to, but there was a girl, you know, and she kind of liked me, and I didn't study enough as I should have done. And, you know, my mum and dad are not very happy, and so now I'm going to have to resit the things. Then there'll be other people. You'll hear them this morning on the radio. You'll see them on the television going, three A's, three A's and a B. And everybody else is going, we really hate you. There'll be people jumping up and down and some people looking very depressed sitting in the corner. They'll be the people who've got a hangover from last night had a few sherbets, been out and had a few sherbets, which I mentioned actually to uh, to the young O'Brien Cove the other day. I did say I, I put out that people could phone you on your magical hour, which he does on LBC. 
Mystery hour, is it? Oh, right, yeah, I can never remember. And uh, today, from, uh, today from 12, is it? Anyway, so his magical hour is today from 12, and he might be answering that question for you. He kept saying to me, I said, it's called mystery hour. I said, is it really? How little I remember of things. But uh, that's, a, that's a sign of getting older. Listen, have a fantastic day. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Thank you for your texts and tweets and your emails and everything else. It's fantastic. We'll do it again tomorrow, Friday. And uh, we won't have a clip of Ricky Gervais because I'm not talking to Ricky Gervais until tomorrow. But we will have uh, a clip tomorrow of Leslie Grantham who's got a, a book coming out at the moment. That's Matt. That's where I got the clue magical from. OK, listen, you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. Free programme coming in about 15 minutes for you. Leading Britain's conversation at 7, Nick Ferrari at breakfast. But next, in for Lisa Aziz, Emma Crosby with the morning news. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.